right, <laughs> and we're live. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Sorry for the slight delay starting. We were getting organized over here. Um, I'm Brentley. I'm Dan, and this is Rumble, so I can say what's up, faggots. Uh, well, yes, well, we're also live streaming. I'm, I'm also doing it on YouTube, too. Oh, shit. So, Ooh. I don't know if we can use the F word on hey, YouTube. Hey, I've heard about that quaint little alternative internet site. They, they might be onto something yeah, over there. They might be onto No, I think you can use, you can say faggots on YouTube. You can. You can. So, we can say faggots. That's fine. I mean, we are faggots for the, you know, for anybody out there. Kind of too late for that. So. The only not faggot is Mr. Brian Front Porch Conservative right here. Yeah, we look. do have some other special guests that aren't going to be gay coming. Minute. Yeah, Bri Brian's the token straight today. We will have other straights coming. <laughs> um, but tonight we wanted to talk. I did a very controversial, maybe slightly tipsy tweet the other night where I pointed out that gay marriage is not marriage. I like how you said pointed out, and people are already going to get pissed about that, just the way you worded it. Well, let me point it out, Brad. So let me explain, first yes, of all. Yes, con context, please, context. So, words have discrete meanings, right? This is something we've realized, and it's something we've all come to agree upon when it comes to the trans radical mania, right? Men can't be women. Dogs are not cats. Trucks are not cars. And before you jump in and yell, but Brentley, marriage is a social thing. We agree on what it is. No, because if you do that, you, you just eliminate, you take away the definition. As soon as you take borders around a concept, a word, uh, and you expand them, you, you start that process, you destroy language and the ability to convey accurate meaning in the process, which is actual danger. I was listening to the Joe Rogan. I had to listen to the Joe Rogan, Matt Walsh discussion um, because I don't listen to everything those people put out. Um, but I listened to it because people were mentioning, oh, you know, Matt Walsh got owned on Rogan, blah, 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 having the same discussion. And what I realized was Walsh uh, was nervous, number one. You can hear it in his voice. And who wouldn't be nervous, right, appearing on Rogan? Um, and number two, he didn't do a really great job in laying out the fundamental problem here with the redefinition. My main issue is that it's a semantic shift. It's a semantic sleight of hand. And it's the same thing that radical leftists do with everything. They redefine terms um, in order to push an ideology, which is how leftists work they don't actually communicate in good faith in order to have a respectful dialogue like we do here they communicate they use words as weapons in order to coerce cajole and corral the public the audience um humanity into agreeing or being forced to agree with their ideology because otherwise you get othered you get turned into a bigot a racist a homophobe yeah, a transphobe and, and we're, we're kind of realizing that there are some people awful. Wait, what? The air conditioner? Sorry. You... Sorry. There are, we're, I'm realizing that there are definitely many people on the right or in the middle or people who consider themselves homocons or gender critical who will do the same thing. They will other you if you touch certain sacred cows or things where they disagree with you on. It's the same thing. You are cast out now. You are not, you are not part of us anymore. And it's just like, dude, you guys are behaving just like the woke leftists do. And then they get mad when you point that out. And it's like, why can we have a dialogue? Granted, I will... Acknowledge the fact that, Brent, when you tweet something like cope and seethe, you are definitely calling... Seethe and cope. Seethe and cope, whatever. You are definitely calling for a more inflammatory reaction from people, and that is a valid point. And this is the thing, too. Like, I, it's I, Twitter! When I tweeted about your tweet, I wasn't saying people can't disagree with it. 
I was saying to be civil and to stop attacking you personally, saying nasty things about your appearance, <laughs> your, your personal life, being single, all that shit. I'm like, none of that has anything to do with the, with, with the, um, the discussion. That was all I said. And then people were acting like, well, yo, you're defending his point. I'm like, dude, if you go to my response to your tweet, you'll see that I actually sort of disagreed with it, even though I agreed a little bit with it. I was kind of in the middle. Well, why don't position. you elaborate your disagreement and then we'll go around the square well, here and let everybody have a turn. All right. Well, now, I, well, you continue because now I got to pull up my freaking response because I wanted to like actually read. It. Um, well, why don't we let Kyler? You were the first. I was not prepared. You were the first uh, individual who like actually I thought to invite and reached out, and you agreed first before anyone. So why don't you elaborate your position? Well, he agreed with your tweet. No, he agreed to come on the show. Oh, I thought you were. I think I'm pretty sure Kyler and I don't agree. Right? You have a different opinion, right, Kyler? I do have a different opinion. Yes. Go. Disagree. Yeah. Okay, so I really feel when you're talking about what real marriage is, it's honestly, a lot of people, when you see these fights, we're talking past each other. I feel like you're coming at it from a social construct. So many other people are coming at it from a legal construct. And I, I honestly feel, even though I am... A religious person to an extent myself, we can't view religion or we can't view marriage through the religious prism. It just has to be the legal one. So if we're going to be talking about real marriages, I mean, they have to be considered on par with straight marriage. But are they the same? I think that's what Brent's kind of really getting at. Are they the same? Because arguably they, they are clearly not the same i'm not saying that they you know the two can't have like an equally deep bond and commitment to one another but the fact that one produces or has the potential to produce an uh, a progeny clearly makes them very different and the fact that one is an estrogen testosterone pairing of people is different than a testosterone testosterone pairing. also let me it's lay out let me lay out real quick i think that gay couples deserve all the same rights and privileges as straight couples in a legal framework you know, in the country because we have to have equality under the law. However, I don't think that we deserve the title of marriage per se because marriage derives from the sacrament of holy matrimony, which does come from a religious place. Um, and I, like I said, it's, I don't think it's the same thing, but continue. Oh, sure. No, and I actually think that's a very valid point when you bring up the fact that Oftentimes, children are involved in marriages, but according to the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, Census American Community Survey in 2016, we had uh, 357,000 uh, same-sex households with children in them. I actually think uh, just the idea that there are children involved really means that we should be pushing whether or not there are to females, to males, studies have shown that two-parent households really are what helps kids succeed in their lives. So I, I completely agree. Those are very important aspects of marriage. It's more than just a loving bond. Um, and to me, that actually strengthens the case for same-sex marriages should be considered to be the same or on par with straight marriage, especially since half my straight friends that are married don't even have kids and have no intention of 
That's true. Well, That's these, these are also the times that we live in. Uh, yeah. Let me throw it, throw it down to Mr. Antar. You want to you wanna chime in here, Matt? Are you clicking through something? Yeah, sorry. I, I have. I think I have a bewildered look on my face because I, I'm having internet issues. Can everybody hear me and see me? I hear you. Yeah, you're, yep. you're stuttering a little bit, but I mean, the it's the video. It's the audio is coming through fine. Uh, okay, uh, I'll make my point, and then I might, uh, I might see if I can wire into can the also, internet. It might be can, better because um, yeah, you can do that. The wiring is always better than Wi-Fi, and uh, if you need to dip out and come back, feel free. You know, do whatever you need to do. Okay. Yeah, I might do. That's why, literally, I'm like, I've, I've had a bewildered look on my face this whole stream. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read my response. Okay, to Brent, then what, you what can I figure posted. that out. Yeah, let me dip out. I'll come back in. Okay, so I kind of I took a middle position sort of with this and I said I although I sort of agree with what Brent is saying and I understand where he comes from and what he means. Uh, my counterpoint is usually uh, the fact that the meaning and tradition of what is considered marriage has shifted many times throughout human history, especially in Western society, even if just between men and women, which it has. For a while, interracial marriage was not considered a legit marriage. That's a good point. And by what Kyler is bringing up here, like, what about a barren marriage what a, or, or a marriage where they don't intend to have kids, they just want to commit themselves to each other? So it's a good point. Or like, you know, women being a... Uh, married off for alliances things like that that was considered the proper way to marry people like marrying out of love that is actually a, a concept that's that started to develop a little later in western society with you know romanticism and all and all of that stuff so the tradition of what we consider marriage has shifted before and we've accepted those shifts and for the most part in our society so i can see why you could argue that we should accept the shift of it in regards to same-sex couples, I've got but, a count. But I, that. but I do get what you mean and where the word comes from, and perhaps we should be trying to define the words more. I don't want to say rigidly, but just precisely, because then when you don't do that, then everything's just up in the air. Language means nothing anymore. So I think those points are valid. Brian, you want to uh, you want to chime in here? Oh sure, I'll I'll jump in on this one. Jump in, girl. Um, okay, so here's where I come down on this, and. I guess I'm going to give the the straight guy disclaimer up front. Love everybody here, and if we wind up disagreeing, I still love you. So there. Um, Unfollow. I get, oh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I guess I kind of take a very old traditional view on this. To me, marriage is is its origins are religious, so I don't think that can ever be escaped from. I think where the divide is coming or maybe where the differentiation is coming, it is no longer purely a function of religion, the church, however you want to say that, because somewhere in the, along the way, we have things called marriage licenses, which basically means contract, which means a whole bunch of other things. But in its strictest sense, marriage is, you know, if you believe the biblical account of creation, is something instituted by God between man and woman. And, you know, you can call almost anything you want, you know, civil union, you can call it living together, you can call it anything else, but, unless, but you can't call it marriage unless you're living, or not living, but unless it's inside that definition, at least to me. Now, now to go back to something I said a minute ago, 
Okay, now we ha now we have the question. All right, if marriage is not purely anymore a function of religion and or the church, where does that leave it in modern society? Well, okay, I guess this gets to the big Supreme Court case from about 10, 15 years ago. You know, if if this is something that the state has a hand in, in other words, we can issue a license and say, yes, you can marry. All right, then it's a matter of contract. All right, I may disagree with the definition, but it is what it is. But as far as its original meaning to the way I understand it, or the way a lot of other people may understand it, it's simply defined as between man and woman. So that's where I come down on it. Mr. Antar, you want to try chiming in? She's still, oh, yeah, she's still, still a little, little she's still a little buggy. It's fine as long as we can hear you. That's what matters. Hi, is this better? Uh, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Keep talking. Say something. Contribute. We'll see how it goes. Hi, hi, hi. Can you all hear me? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? We can hear you. Yes. Is it we working? Can hear you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Um, the topic of the topic of the, the homosexuals getting married. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have like a basic, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, this may have been said when I was, when I was out, you know, fixing myself. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just think that like, you know, like people make the argument all the time that like, well, marriage is like a, a religious institution. It's a, it's a, you know, uh, it's a faith-based uh something and that's fine it's just that like the, the state took took the function of civil marriage way before the gays came into the conversation so when we're talking about like when we're talking about like civil marriage as it relates to the state then i i just uh, you know like i think somebody was saying before like there's like an equal protection thing like yeah okay as it relates to the state the state has been regulating marriages for, uh, don't quote me, I don't know how long, 100 years, 200 years, however however long it is. I have no, I have no desire to ask churches or synagogues or mosques or anybody to perform any marriage that they don't want to perform in their institution. I just think that like, and, and okay, so what does marriage mean for in a civil context it means it means tax benefits it means that you can go see your uh spouse in the hospital um if god forbid they're sick it means you're considered family in the eyes of the government things like that that's all i want i really don't give a fuck if like you call it marriage you call it a civil union whatever when i get married or civil unionized or whatever the hell it is i'm gonna call the guy my husband and like people can like you know if people don't like that that's fine. You can go ahead and call it my civil union other or whatever the fuck. I, I don't give a shit. Like, I know what the I know what the person is to me. All I all I I like this fictitious person. I'm very single. Um, but this fictitious person, um, you know, I, I would know what they are to me. So it's like all I give a shit about is like in in a in a government situation because like if, whether we like it or not like the government is is a part of our lives and it it you know there's there's certain things that like if you are if that person is considered a spouse in the eyes of the government there are certain benefits there are certain that you call this person a family member all the things that i laid out before um so yeah i mean but my argument would be if uh, if you say well gays can get a civil union i would say well then the word civil union should be the word that's used for civil partnerships 
the, uh, in in the eyes of the state. Like, I, I still wouldn't agree with the state calling one thing marriage and one thing not marriage because there's a separation of church and state. So whatever the state decides to call the thing where that you get when you commit to somebody and the government recognizes it, it should call it that for whoever. I don't care what it's called, but it should call it that for whoever. And then the church can do whatever the church wants, and that's fine. That's, that's a very fair compromise. It's a very fair compromise. Fair point. I saw a lot of a lot of people in my DMs in response to my very controversial tweet um, agreed. They, you know, a lot of a lot of guys felt similarly that there's that division there. That a civil union, a legally recognized civil union, is one thing, and really that's the only thing the state should be dealing in because it has to deal with taxes, uh, you know, particular uh, yeah, visitation, visitation rights. rights. Things are important things. Hi, Raid. Hi, Raid is feeling like he needs attention, um, and so I think those things are important. But when it comes to marriage, you know, I grew up in the '80s, and we didn't have gay marriage in the '80s. Gays were still largely seen as outsiders. Um, radar. Like, can you not right can, now? Can you not right now? <laughs> Jeez, he's humping his, humping his thing because yeah. he knows we're doing something. Um, <laughs> where was I? So uh, my, my major issue is that as soon as you put an adjective in front of marriage in order to indicate something other than one man and one woman, yeah. you're changing the definition of yeah. the word. It's the same thing we've seen with trans woman. You know, you're changing this definition. And literally, people use the social construct argument in order to justify the redefinition of marriage. When that's the same argument leftists use in order to change the definition of man and woman. And... I don't like that. I don't like changing definitions. Uh, I feel like it's one way people get away with lies. It's one way leftists, it's the most popular way leftists like to lie. And so when I see it, uh, you know, and really we could trace back the gender bending mania. The first major definition that changed was that of marriage. And that was back in, you know, I want to say 2011, 2013 ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that decision? I don't even remember. 2015. 2015. I mean, so then literally the next year we had the Jordan Peterson controversy where, you know, he was getting uh, canceled at his university because he wouldn't use, you know, personal pronouns. And a lot of it is this same sort of idea that he's that that. You know, we have a socially constructed reality and we need to include everyone so everyone feels okay and included. It's this very coddling sort of feminine desire to prevent uh, any sort of bad feelings. And, and frankly, like bad feelings have a point. Uh, they have, a, there's a reason we have negative emotions. There's a reason we have negative reactions to certain things. And that all stems from, you know, God or evolution or the universe, whatever, you know, however you want to conceptualize how we got here. Um, there's a reason for that. And I think there's a reason for everything. And I think there's a reason that marriage is primarily between a man and a woman. And I think that it that comes to what Dan was saying is that it should be, in theory, a procreative union. And yes, you can have straight people that don't make baby. You can have, you know, straight people that can't make baby. Um, but those are the exceptions, right? Like, one of the things I noticed on the Rogan podcast with Walsh was that Rogan kept bringing up these exceptional situations, right? I'm not, there are always going to be exceptions to yeah. the rule. 
there's always going to be exceptions. But you know what the saying is, exceptions prove the rule. Because it's an exception, because it's a rare circumstance, it does not characterize the general 99% or 95% or the majority of you know marriages. Most marriages are procreative unions between men and women. I think the point you make about the coddle culture thing is, is definitely valid. Um, and I will venture to say that, yes, it is a very feminine way of doing things. And it's, it's you don't want people to feel left out. It's the be nice program. Everyone's included. Everyone needs to feel safe and, and nice. And like, uh, I that that very much has, I don't want to use the term slippery slope, but it kind of is the cultural slippery slope leading to all the shit we're seeing and, and accepting a lot of the ridiculous things like erasing biological reality and stuff like that. So I think there's validity to that point. We do need to push back against coddle culture in general. And, you know, the be nice program of wanting everyone to feel included and no one's left out. It's like, no, you got to be discriminatory. Sometimes it's part of life. You have to have discernment. People should be left out. Not everyone is equal. Not everything is equal. Not everything is the same. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that a gay union or marriage is not the same as a straight one. I don't see an issue with that. They're not supposed to be the same. Like we can parse legal conceptual framework you know legally everybody deserves equal rights under the law this is america agreed but a gay relationship is not the same as a straight relationship which is why we have to put those adjectives mm -hmm. in front of the noun relationship so that we can convey the meaning of what we're discussing right yeah. if they were the same thing we wouldn't have to do that that's true yeah how language works and and that was the other yeah, thing i sort of oh go ahead go ahead matt no, I, I was just going to say, like, in terms of like, in terms of the definition of marriage, I mean, I think I think where where I am on this is like, so the definition of marriage has sort of evolved over time anyway, um, because uh, <laughs> it's uh, but, um, you, you know what I mean? Like, like originally, it originally was a purely religious institution. Originally, it was like, I mean, people like in the old days, like there was, I forget who gave it to who, but there was like a dowry situation. It had to do with land. It had to do with like, there were all these things that like marriage was at one time. And then like, like it didn't really have much to do with love in the beginning at all. It was like, it had to do with like, oh, well. The love union thing, the love union approach to marriage is definitely a later development. It normally was yeah, not. It's a new thing. Yeah, and yeah, I it's agree. it's a totally new thing. So I, I think that like, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say that uh, you know I agree the definition can change over time. However, there is a difference in how language changes over time. If it is a bottom up change, which means naturally. the culture naturally starts using words in certain ways um, on their own because of changing circumstances, because of evolving values. You know, people like to bring up interracial marriage. They're like, but Brent, black and white people couldn't I, get married. I did bring that up. And then we changed the rules. And don't you think black and white people should be able to get married? Of course, I think black and white people should be able to get married. And but of do course, you think we should have changed the rules to force that on a culture, I guess. Well, in line with your argument. But we, we didn't. That was a bottom up change. That was a change that came from the population. It but came it, from but, demand. But, but it did have to be legislated. And you could argue the same thing for the, what is it, the Obergefell first 
probably said that name wrong versus uh, Hodges Overfell? decision. Overfell versus Hodges decision. It's the same thing. Can you argue that the lead up to that decision was a cultural shift that enabled that to happen in the way that we saw with interracial marriage? I don't think so, because I think it, it was so the first thing is that we got to clarify some recent history. Civil unions were on the table as early as 2001. They were, you know, the Republicans were offering it and the Democrats would not accept. They they came out multiple places, you know, they popped up in states around the country. You know, a lot of foreign countries were the first to bring that in and, and allow gay people to get married through a civil union. Um, and that was a sort of a bottom up change. Whereas now with, with gay marriage specifically, the lobbying institutions, the what I call the organizational gays. So these are the glad gays, the HRC gays, you know, the gays that are getting themselves involved in politics. Um, they wouldn't let the civil union thing become nationalized because they wanted marriage. They wanted they wanted the word. And so it wasn't about equal rights and it wasn't about changing the culture uh, wasn't about incorporating a cultural shift like it was with interracial marriage. You know, we we had a very uh, racist history in the country, which changed over time for the better, the same way that, you know, the gay thing changed over time. But the key difference there is that, you know, a black man and a white woman can make baby. Two men can't make baby and two women can't make baby. And the point that making baby is important, and people forget, they like to zoom in on the individual relationship. You know, a lot of people, especially married gay people who were chiming in on the thread, a lot of them got offended, some of them did not, and we'll have some of them on the stream later. But um, the big issue is that you can't have, uh, you can't just incorporate changing definitions in order to suit your ideology. That's what the leftists do, and it drives me up a wall. So you can't hyper-focus on your particular situation and your particular nuanced thing, because that's not really what it's about, right? We live in a community, we live in a society, we live on a planet, and we're a part of a species. And, you know, if everyone just stopped making baby, what would happen? Species doesn't last very long. So that's my point. I mean, so like, yes, we can have non-procreative unions and that's fine, but that's not really what a marriage is for. A marriage is for creating a stable structure, a stable uh, environment. Uh, ideally, where you have healthy, psychologically speaking, uh, mom and dad, and so that each mom and dad can model the appropriate behaviors for the child, so that on one hand, the child can have a same-sex parent to emulate, to copy, to learn from on how to be a man or a woman, and the opposite parent, the opposite sex parent can model the ideal mate behaviors so that when that child becomes an adult, they can go out into the world and not only survive, but also thrive and eventually procreate. And if we don't have that, if we hyper-focus on parents or, or couples that don't want to have babies because they're happy in their lives and they don't need, you know, they're happy without children, or we hyper-focus on, you know, gay parents, um, then we're forgetting that crucial part that, that we need people to make babies 
or society dies. You, you know, this is happening right now in China. They had that one child policy, which was disastrous. And they are due for a severe population crash in the not too distant future. So it's going to be real interesting to watch that situation develop. But I've digressed. Kyler, do you want to jump in here? You want to comment? Yeah, you know, um, I first I got to say I completely agree with everything you just said about children. I actually am a big advocate of the state encouraging more people to have children. Um, it's a topic that society as a whole doesn't want to talk about, but it's a huge problem that's coming in for us. Actually, not to get off topic too much, but I actually think that's why illegal immigration isn't ever dealt with is because politicians know we need them to keep growing our actual population. Um, you know, I did have uh, I did have one question though about something you had brought up about um, talking about cultural um, progression when it comes to uh, going from the bottom up as opposed to say what Overfell did, which was impose it on the whole country. I actually completely disagree with that Supreme Court ruling. Um, and I say that as someone who's uh, married, um, but I, I've been married since 2013. Uh, oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, and yours and, it is an accomplishment. Yeah, well, thanks. It's actually, we're over 15 years this year uh, wow. together. <laughs> but I, thank you. Uh, you know, our marriage became legal, actually not from a court ruling, not from even uh, action by the uh, state government, but actually by um, a popular vote uh, in 2012, uh, Washington State Referendum 74. So in that vote, the people of the state, which ironically my now husband and I both voted against, um, we, we as a culture, I would say, actually did shift to accepting, at least in our state, uh, that. So I, I feel like I, I do agree with you, but I do think that has actually happened uh, more naturally, too. Definitely. Makes sense. You know, and I, I, I think I, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's awesome when gay men can uh you know form that stable long-term relationship structure uh in in my experience as a new york city gay it's not something that i see very often now let me ask you kyler are you and your husband uh strictly monogamous uh yes sir yes sir god bless i'm very proud of you <laughs> but i i will say uh i we come at it living in the middle of the mountains, not in any big city or anything like that, that might have, you know, some impact on my experience uh, about with uh, gay culture. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can, I, I do think what you're talking about is actually really valid when it comes to serious issues within gay relationships. And they're ones that we don't want to necessarily as you can see by the outpouring of uh, hate you received from your post, don't really want to touch on. It's just a taboo. Brian, you want to jump in? 
Um, if, not that I'm trying to avoid the subject, but I'm just sort of sitting back and listening at this point. So, um, but, but now, now wait a minute though. I am now just for comedic relief, uh, a New York city gay. I mean, what is it like you guys are some kind of like vintage specialty or something? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> the hell are, we are a rare breed of gay. Actually, we're a common breed. That's the thing. We're like, like most of the gays you'll find tend to they congregate in cities, and there's a reason for that. Because yeah, they, want, they want to meet each other. It's hard to find other gay people if you're in a place that's more secluded. It makes yeah. sense, and that's been happening for for a long time, for decades, hundreds and hundreds of years, probably. No, but yeah, but we never look at the problem. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I just love the way. But as a New York City gay, and I'm like. Or a Houston gay or a, a Oklahoma yeah. City gay or I mean, what the hell? I'm sure there are. I, I, I don't I mean, I've, I don't know anybody who identifies as such, but. Oh, OK, well, I'm sure it's a thing. <laughs> Pirate has a funny little comment here. He says, do we have a planned parenthood paired up with gay marriage thing going on yet where you can keep the baby alive instead of abortion and let it be adopted by gay married couples? Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not a bad idea. No, I like that. Um, Brentley, I wanted to touch on what you were talking about earlier about, you know, uh, marriage being, you know, procreative and then the parents modeling, you know, good behavior to the children. Um, I would say that that's like, I, I agree with you 100% that like, you know, we should we should be focusing on having like, you know, encouraging families and family structures and everything. Um, but I, I think right now, like, again, like New York City type and forget about the gays right now. Talk about like the fucking straight people, like people in these urban areas, like getting married, having families like that's not that, that, that's not really encouraged in the culture right now. And that's um, and I mean, I think it is the, I think it's the biggest argument actually to push gay marriage because fucking and, and marriage like like two people monogamous who want to maybe have a family, right? Not do dumb shit. I'm, I'm ranting a little bit. Let me piece my thoughts together. Rant. Get it out, girl. One, like, so we we got the Obergefell decision in, in, in 2015, right? Which was ostensibly a, a long process of advocacy and blah, 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 that led up to it 30, 40 years of, of people trying to get to that result, right? But what kills me is when you have post 2015, you have all these gay men acting like it's still 1979 <laughs> and, you know, going to the underground clubs and having sex with like six different people in a night. And that's a slow night. Right. And like, it, like that kind of thing is like, so that, that gets me more than anything. It's like, so what did we do the marriage thing for? If you're just going to go to the Eagle and like, you know, get like railed by like seven different people every night. And then on top of that, half of these people are in these open relationships that are like, they're doing that and they're going to the club and they're doing what they're doing in a back room. And they're supposedly coming home to some husband or some boyfriend or some whatever the fuck that they like 
are like, oh, but I, I love my I love my partner so much. By the way, I hate that word, but that's leftist speak partner. Um, <laughs> but like that's how they would talk. They'd be like, oh my god, my partner. Oh my god, blah blah blah. And then they'll be like, oh, you know, yeah, but I just like went to the cock and I got like blah blah, you know, whatever. And I'm like that. See that right there is going to encourage people to say, nah, what, what the, like, what the hell did we give these people marriage for? It's like, I thought we got married so we could go be like the, be like the straights and get a picket fence and a dog and, uh, and, and a, a bunch of kids and have like a family, right? Like, that's what I thought this fight was all about. Matt, and now people is, are like, oh, who needs that? That? Is, that is heteronormativity, Matt. Yeah, we need, we need so much more of that in society well, right now. It <laughs> is a valid point because- I, Hold on, I just wanna- Well, bring, I, want to, I wanted to bring up- I just wanna bring George I wanted to bring up queer theory George, because welcome. queer theory is the very antithesis of that. That is what it's actually trying to outdo. All heteronormativity, like all those relationships you just mentioned, open, whatever, like is equally valid to them as marriages, whatever, because they, because they said so. And because heteronormativity is bad and evil and oppressive. Hi, George. Welcome, George. Welcome, George. Is is gay married. We love it. Fact. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Oh, and look, we have another late comer. Oh, shit. Star Another heterosexual has entered the chat. Um, excuse Bye. you. She's bisexual. I'm bisexual. Yeah. I was being a domestic. Sorry, I had to do things. Sandra, I missed you so much. I love you. Well, hello, hey, high-class Clara. It. I miss my everybody. Hello, everyone. <sighs> Welcome to the party. Hello. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So yeah, we're just a few drinks in, and, you know, everybody's getting loosened up, and it's like, you know, chime in. Just go for it. You know, I, I'm just drinking coffee. We can, uh, let, we can catch you all up real quick. Basically, yes. the idea that, uh, that I presented was that Gay marriage isn't a marriage because you have to put gay in front of it in order to communicate what you're talking about. The, the term was appropriated by radical leftists, and we could have had civil unions as early as 2001 if the radical leftist organizational gays would have endorsed it, but they did not. They held out for almost 15 years so that they could get their, their marriage equality. Um, and the basis, uh, you know, marriage itself is, uh, you know, a procreative union. It's meant for creating a stable structure so that a man and a woman can model the proper behaviors for children to emulate in terms of uh, same-sex uh, parent would emulate the behaviors for the children to, uh, you know, to be to, when they grow up, and the opposite-sex parent models the ideal mate behaviors in, you know, an ideal scenario where both parents don't have a personality disorder um, and are in the home. Um, and there, there are exceptions, of course, but in general, you know, I like to talk about generalities because, you know, we could get caught up in what ifs till the end of time. That's one of the things that happened with Matt Walsh and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan kept bringing up all these what if scenarios, um, which, in my opinion, don't really uh, pertain Stretch to the, the debate. And really, the debate is for me, it's not a legal thing. You know, legally, I think, you know, everyone deserves equal rights under the law. That's the law of the land. That's our constitution. Um, so absolutely, gay people deserve the same rights as as straight couples. Um, but when, when it comes to the word marriage, I don't like to redefine it in order to suit an ideological purpose, because once you start doing that, you once you accept that pattern into the cultural milieu, 
it becomes a uh, slippery slope, as we're seeing now with words like man, woman, um, like leftists just will constantly do this. This is one thing I notice online. They lie by implication and they often use a subtle redefinition of a word in order to make an untruth seem plausible. So that's my, I think that, that catches us up. Did I miss anything folks? No, that and the fact that we're trying to define New York gay. So I mean, that covers it all. <laughs> and, and I would actually say, so uh, a perfect example, Brent, would be how suddenly an infertile woman is the same as a trans man. <laughs> that can be the the exact thing because as an infertile woman, I take great insult that someone who literally was born with a dick and lacks any uterus can try to claim that they have any idea what I'm talking about, but that's a different subject entirely. But that's just an example of what you were talking about. It's I actually- It's not a different subject. I think it is related. Like, is a barren marriage a, legitimate, a legitimate marriage? We brought this up earlier. Or does marriage have to have to have the development of a progeny to be considered legitimate? It doesn't have to be, but in my opinion, it misses the ideal, right? Okay. We, can, we can talk about the ideal um, as, you know, a procreative union between a man and a woman. But of course, there won't be people that can can have that, and that's fine. And it's still a marriage. It's just not the ideal form where mm -hmm. you know you generate children. You know, and you have potential. We can adopt children. That's always an it's, option. It's not equal to an ideal marriage. Just like a gay marriage isn't equal. To that. Right. And how I can state it in is a simple way: marriage is a religious thing. Partnerships and civil unions are a legal thing. And as a matter of fact, a lot of Catholics and Christians and even Hindus, everyone else, a lot of marriage is done in front of their deity. It is a vow made to their deity to follow a certain sect of rules. It usually is bound by their religion and usually the punishments of disrespecting said marriage are from the religion. Now, you wanna have a civil union which exists across the board you can have that uh, with gay couples, straight couples, because I believe a civil union can be a straight couple or a gay couple. I believe what makes it a marriage is when you vow to a deity, i.e. for me, I got married in the Catholic Church. So I consider it a marriage. I think that legally they both share the same rights as the civil union, but I do believe a marriage is bound, like you said, uh, to certain things. However, there are instances in the Bible where a wife was barren. She didn't stop being the man's wife because she was barren. She was still married to him. He was still obligated to respect and love her as his wife because he vowed before the Lord in sickness and in health, in, in, in good and in bad, whatever, what have you, I'm not going to abandon you just because you cannot produce a child for me. You cannot produce a progeny. So... I do believe there is a vast difference because a lot unless, of the people, unless you're King Henry the Eighth, right? <laughs> then, then you're gonna make up your own rules and a whole new religion, just to, you know. Whole new religion. Whole new religion. <laughs> oh, now, now, now that's a now that's a fun subject. That's Trust right. me. <laughs> and so that's where I believe the difference lies because I believe, like Brent said, I think in a government setting. There is no problem with creating equal rules. There's, there's, there's laws and, and rights because if you're with someone for 15 years and, and the only thing that held you guys back is legally you weren't allowed to, but let's say something happens. Maybe your spouse dies. Uh, something goes wrong financially. Maybe um, they leave you and you're left with nothing. 
you should have some kind of legal safety net to protect you when those issues occur. That's because if religion, there is some safety net, there is some kind of thing, like for instance, you know, infidelity. Um, uh, I know for a fact, a woman going and getting snipped without her husband's knowledge is uh, um, terms for null of a wedding or a marriage in the Catholic church. Mm. That's how my dad got his annulment from his first wife. Um, <laughs> and so it's stuff like that where, yes, it. I agree because a lot of marriage and religion, that's the whole point of why a lot of folks don't realize the reason why being gay is considered evil, according to Catholic doctrines, is because you are attempting to create a baby, but you're not actually attempting to create the baby. You're doing a sexual act that is not for making more of God's children. That's why oral sex is considered wrong. Premarital sex is considered wrong. A any form of sex that is not peen and vagine is considered wrong. And if they're not a, uh, a, a married pair under the eyes of God, that's why a lot of folks don't realize if you sodomize, but you're a straight couple, you are still going against the doctrines of the Lord. You're still sinning. Yeah, and, and, and I, I wish Basil were here to comment on that. Well, I just thought real quick. I want to bring up the point of sin because sin is the you know Peterson explains sin as missing the mark. You know, we as a society we have a tendency to uh, revert to black and white thinking, where and we've also been bombarded, you know, like throughout the 20th century and before, uh, with this idea that sin is wrong, sin is evil. Um, if you sin, you're going to hell, uh, which I think is a very black and white sort of interpretation. Sin is simply missing. You know, you think of it like you're learning to shoot a bow and arrow and hit a target. If you shoot the bow and arrow and you miss, that's not that's not wrong. That's not evil. It's just you've missed. And you know what? You can try again, which is the beauty, and you can improve over time. And without that journey to, you know, from, from missing to scoring a bullseye, uh, we, we lose something in, in the nature of humanity. You know, we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing, we're constantly uh, trying to be better people, at least some of us are. And it's, um, it's not necessarily wrong per se, but if you intend to sin over and over and over again, that could be, you know, considered wrong, uh, I, I guess. But the, the simple act of sinning and missing the mark is not necessarily a bad or an evil thing, depending on the context of the situation and where you are in your particular growth cycle. Um, we also- That's a lot of people, I'm sorry. That's okay, I was just gonna bring up, we have a little, oh, a super chat from Pirate Tomsky. Oh, thanks, bud. Thanks, Pirate. We appreciate Great that. combo, gay marriage or not, who cares as long as it provides stability. Lots of straight couples treat it as a joke too. Bring kids into the equation, then stability yeah. is the key. Have a good one, guys. Gotta go mod for Carrie. Thanks Thanks, lot, Pirate. Shout we wish Carrie a great stream. Shout out to Carrie. Yeah, someone just, uh, this guy, gay not queer, who really does not like I him. had to mute him. Yeah, he said we're debating away our rights. It's like, dude, we're having conversations. We are having open conversations about <laughs> things that interest us. We're going to keep doing it whether you like it or not if you don't like it don't watch fuck off with that this channel's called Sorry. dangerous right i invited him to come on and to make his case to brent of why he hated what brent said he was a coward didn't want to come on made every excuse in the book not to do it 
I'm not gonna talk some right wing nutjob self hating yeah. gay. Right? <laughs> the invite still stands. We were we were open enough to have that dialogue with him. No, he'd rather just keep being nasty on Twitter, subtweeting about us, making assumptions about who we are as people based on some tweet instead of facing us face to face and trying to hash out why you know there's what? a difference it's in ideas. It's so easy to be nasty to on Twitter. It's so easy. This I mean, is difficult. This is what's hard. It's harder to be nasty to people one on one. George, you why don't you? what happened earlier. What? Today, what? You guys saw what was done to me because I, um, that Illuminati bitch, she's getting called out for all the bullshit she's been doing. And someone tagged in the comments, um, you should go see this person's. And then they were talking about how Vosh is this great uh, uh, idol to listen to about it. And I'm like, the man is completely biased. So he probably still leaned towards it because she's left leaning. And I was like, besides, she's a, he's a pedo. And then next thing you know, they're all saying how, because I called a queer man a pedophile, Vosh is not queer. The only thing queer about him is his actions, not his actual sexuality. I mean, it's like, no. And, and so the whole thing, they started trying to screenshot me and say, this you? Because I was saying how the, the modern gay flag is an atrocity to design. And I said that pretty much the gay community has literally announced they cannot design or they are out of fashion because if you're going to wave that dumbass flag with the triangles and the circles and the double colors and the duller colors i'm like i'm sorry you have given up your fashionista title and he's like this you and i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear from george yeah we george tell us george. about your gay marriage First, I have to say, start if you guys can hear me. Yeah, yes, we can. I have to say, um, I got a new mic. I actually got like a real mic, so I'm all oh, excited. Yeah. Oh, that's right why now. you sound so crispy. Very nice. You got a. Yay. Good, uh... You're gonna have to sing for us at one point. I know. I will. Um, I don't sing for less than ten thousand. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you charge for autographs? I have to right. <laughs> I have to tell Star Sand. I saw that back and forth today, and I was like. I love you. I was like, yeah, that's me. And what? <laughs> it was perfect. It was I love perfect. when people do that. Like, are you ashamed of your screenshot? No, that's, that's, it's still on my Twitter. Did I delete it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I, said what, I said what I said. <laughs> so, um, okay. So here's the thing. Yes, I am gay married. We've been married for six years, actually more than six years. We just hit six um, in May 15th. Congratulations. And yeah, thanks. And, um, you know, back then, I didn't, I, and still, I don't care what it's called. I don't care. The only reason, the reason we did it, well, two reasons. A, because we love each other and we wanted to seal this, right? As it was something for us. It wasn't about what other people think. I don't give a fuck what other people think. It was about us, which is why we didn't have a big wedding where we invite all people and all this stuff. We ran off to New York City and got married at, you know, City Hall in front of two, you know, really good friends of mine. And then we went at, at Balthazar's, okay? Because we're rich white ladies. So that's what we did. <laughs> that's what we did. And it was all about us, right? And it still is. And um, I don't care what we call it. The reason we did it, again, two reasons, because we love each other. We wanted to, and we have this, this bond. But the other reason is because... I just wanted to make sure that if anything happened to one of us, that we were taken care of. Yeah. We have a piece of paper that if anybody came, and trust me, my my husband, you know, he had a not so good relationship with his mother, who's no longer with us now. 
But I didn't want anything. If anything happened to him, I didn't want her or anybody coming in and being like, I'm taking the body or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I wanted to know that, like, I was going to have a say. And that's really the reason we did it, so that we could take care of each other. And if something happened to the other one, we knew the other one was going to be taken care of, was going to get the insurance, was going to get the house, was going to get everything that we needed, you know, that just making sure we were taken care of. In terms of words, I don't care. Back then, when I was a lib, I probably did care. I don't care anymore. I don't care. Call it whatever you want. Call it a tuna casserole for all I care. It's... It is what I still got the piece of paper that tells me that you ain't going to fuck with me. And that's the way it is. Initially, though, that is really the main thing that was being fought for it. Like, yeah, that changed later. And, you know, because, again, people want to feel included or and there are gay religious people as well. And they want us to have that religious ceremony. And we don't have to get into the argument of whether or not you should do that. But the point is pe that people wanted that, and that was special to them. But for the most part, it, it was those protections under the law and to have um, the ability, yes, to have a say in, in, in the life of your partner if something tragic happens or something of that sort. That was the main thing that was being fought for. And yeah. Brent, Brent agrees with all that stuff. He just doesn't think it should be called a marriage, and he's entitled to that opinion. I don't 100% agree. I'm like you. I don't really care what you call it. Call it a marriage. Call it whatever. As long as those legal protections are there, I'm not going to get so hung up on the word. But I get his position, and there are a lot of other people who hold that position with the rigid definition of the word marriage, and that's fucking fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, I don't know, like, say, fuck you, Bram. I'm done with dangerous <laughs> rhetoric. This is over. How dare we not disagree on a point? Like, shield. <laughs> you know, like, I definitely, I lost some followers just for standing up for him, even though I didn't 100% agree with his position. People still got mad because I'm saying, well, hey, maybe stop being nasty cunts and just, you know, engage in, in the dialogue instead of attacking yes. his appearance and shit like that. Like, none of that yes. has anything to do with the discuss sorry i just want to say real quick that's what bothered me about this and that's why i jumped into the conversation today not so much with brentley but just in general i was like you know i don't have a problem with i'm not saying that everybody has to agree this isn't like la-di-da everybody has to you know everyone hold hands and everybody's gonna grin everything we don't agree on everything that's fine that's normal what I don't like is don't come on somebody's page and be a coos to somebody because they've expressed an opinion that, you know, triggers you. Take a breath, Mary, chill out, and then come back and be like, hey, I, I don't really agree with what you're saying here, but and here's why. Like, try to engage in an actual, like, conversation with somebody if you actually want to have that conversation instead of immediately jumping to, sorry, I'm going to use the word here, faggy, bitchy bullshit and jump in and, and, and be cunty, like you said, and immediately be like, oh, these stupid gays and blah, 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 blah. That is not how you have a conversation. It's also, you what the woke left do. You're not gay correctly. You're not correct. doing it right. Like and that's exactly what I said in one of my one of my other tweets when I was like, 
well, what happens when you don't agree? And it's like, well, you just get kicked out of the LGBTQ, blah, 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 you know. Well, now it's the LGBs, and I tweeted something yeah. earlier. That I'm not part of that either. Look, I don't want to be part of the LGB community any more than I want to be part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's still forced teaming. It's a Correct. political thing. It's an identitarian thing. I'm an individual person. I happen to be attracted to men. That does not define me, even though it's an important part of who I am. But I'm not going to attach myself to some movement with a bunch of people who don't all agree on everything and who probably don't even all like each other for for what like what oh, rights do we have to fight for anymore we have them we have them yeah. and the thing is they view these discussions as trying to roll back those rights and and to attack them and it really pisses them off when gay people have these discussions because they view it as you're betraying them and it's that's what woke leftists do. That's exactly how they treat us when we question the gender ideology shit and all that stuff. You're a traitor. You're behaving the same way. Yeah, the the, um, the LGB uh, community thing. That I agree with you a hundred percent, Daniel. Because that's um, the, the the people who want to go LGB and make that a community are the ones who are going to jump on something like what Brentley tweeted and be like, you're homophobic, you're a self-hating gay, you have internalized homophobia, you're a traitor, you know, and like that, because that's still like the community mindset. And that's like, that. yeah, I, I they're the first ones that are going to act like a, I think I, I, tw I tweeted like on, on your thing, Brentley, like, it's like, they're acting like, they're acting like a woke leftist who just heard someone say trans women are men. Like, you know, and then like freaking out. It's like the same reaction. It's like, marriage. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, first of all, Brentley cannot single handedly roll back gay marriage in the state. You know, like, second of all, like, you know, just like, you know, just, just, just engage, find out what, what, what he meant by it. If you, if you're concerned about, I, I don't know. It's Granted, just that, he, that did, he, did tell, he did tell them to seethe and cope. And, and be, they seethe and, and cope. They did and cope. And the, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, they're arguing like, oh, well, why did you add that on there? If you didn't want, you know, an inflammatory response from people and blah, blah, blah. Well, why would you feed that to him? Like you literally gave him that, <laughs> so you could have just done the opposite. Like, and by telling by telling them yeah. to seethe and cope, I had the power to make them seethe and cope. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and they'll argue that leftists do that too, and they do. They do say that all the time. And I think you're kind of appropriating it in a, in a sort of funny way. That's another thing too. People can't laugh anymore on Twitter. People take shit way too fucking seriously. You can like I, there was this joke tweet going around that like uh, gays can't commit to brunch let alone marriage and it was a joke and people were reacting to it as if like oh well i've been in a long-term marriage or i know other people it's like we know it's it's a joke dude it's just laugh at it just please just fucking laugh just laugh i'm, I'm so tired of taking everything so seriously and like on the other side of things um sorry just really quick uh on the other side of things like if you know if i get married or civil unionized or, or whatever like I'm going to I'm going to call who I'm with my husband and if somebody starts screaming at me from the right being like that's not really a husband I'm going to be like okay girl thank you have a good day like it's not going to like you know what I mean like somebody people, there are people everywhere who are going to be like that's not really a husband that's not a real marriage I'm going to move thank you on. so much you move on with your life you move on with yeah, your life right. some of these people have not been able to do literally all day today they any any tweet that has to do with it, they've been tweeting, tweeting constantly. constantly.
or, or uh, subtweeting, they call it, tweeting subtle things that are clearly about us, but not directly actually addressed. Oh. Like, and again, I deny it. I don't do that, but it's like, come on, confront the argument head on. If you're going to spend all day tweeting about this, you're so tight about it. Like Casca, she's got something to say. Here's what I find funny. Isn't it kind of weird, guys, that they're all like, don't silence gay voices, listen to gay voices, mm -hmm. listen to gay opinions, yet they're all mad at all of us for supporting <laughs> gay voices and supporting gay opinions and not even agreeing with them. And again, you know, I honestly see this in every sect they have now where they have claimed some kind of social justice issue. Whether you're black, whether you're fat, whether you're gay, you're trans, you're a drag queen. They're doing the same thing over and over again. It, it's you cannot step away from what everyone else is agreeing with because then you're automatically you must be self-hating, you must be phobic of whatever it is, and you're obviously a pick me. Yeah. Even though whatever you're saying is your own opinion. Again, like today they were saying you clearly go to the Nazi forums. I'm like, I don't, I have not seen them. Um, I don't know where they are. I don't know what you're talking about. These are things that I said on my own. Now, clearly, someone's listening and going to said Nazi forums and saying my shit. But either way, it's just I find it hilarious that over and over again, all we hear is listen to these voices, listen to them talk. Oh, wait, not that one. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's because they don't understand free speech. I mean, I mean, I I've seen so many people attributed to this quote, but I think I originally think it was Voltaire. I do not agree with the thing you say, but I will fight and die for your right to say it. I think and, that was Voltaire, yeah. Yeah, and and I am just, you know, it's reached the point, and, and it, it goes beyond the question of, you know, Brentley stirring the pot with his seething cope. <clears throat> um, yeah, that was a big stick you were taking on that pot, big boy. <laughs> he may have uh, a little tipsy. He was a little drunk. It's It happens. Well, you know, alcohol. I say it made, too. It's fun to make him do it. Yeah, exactly. But but they just they don't understand free speech. And it doesn't matter if it's Brantley's comment. It doesn't matter in what context you say anything anymore. No one really understands free speech. I mean, there are cases in the Supreme Court that go back to the 60s where the Ku Klux Klan was marching in towns in Ohio. People got pissed as hell over it. It winds up going to Supreme Court and some of the most famous cases come down and say, uh, you may not like it, guys, but damn it, they've got the right to say it. Get the hell over it. I mean, cutting through all the legalese, that's basically what it got down to. But let me ask you ask y'all some question. Because everybody here seems like they're more or less chill on the question of, I don't really care what we call it. If if that if that question well, were put to well, well, somebody does. Uh, if that question were put to everybody across the country, how many people do you think in the gay and lesbian community would come back with your all's response if you had to put a number on it? That's a good question. I'd say 80%. You think so? Yeah, as long as we get equal rights. I mean, and that's kind of what it was in the early 2000s. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Wait, I missed the question. I was typing a smart-ass remark in the private chat. What? Well, I would never expect anything less of you than to type a smart-ass remark. Um, no, if you put the question to gays and lesbians all across the country and said, does it really matter to you what the hell you call it? It has to be called marriage. What do you think would be the percentage of people that would come back and say, I don't give a shit. 
I will tell you right now, most of them, especially from the OG times, they accused straights of being breeders and they didn't want to ha- be held down by that kind of thing. And I find most gay people I know don't care. They, As long as they have found someone they care about. But most straight people are that way today. Like marriage is down. It has been down. That's true. A lot less people want to commit. We have been trained by society that everything is disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I, I use this as a as a representation. Go back a hundred years ago, you bought a stove. That stove was designed to last your whole life. Now, that stove may burn your food. That stove may not always work right, but it'll turn on, it'll cook your food. Now you can get a stove that'll heat your food, warm your food, turn on for you. It'll warn you when everything's going on. It'll self-clean. It will do everything but wipe your ass. But that stove's only going to last you eight years. So the thing is, things weren't made to last now. And a lot of our society, whether we like it or not, we have become that way with relationships. Ooh, Couples goals. I like what they're doing. Ooh, that guy's hot. Wonder if I can take him away from his girl. That's the shit that you see today. How often when some Oh yeah. Do you like, think that the dating apps have anything to do with this? Because yes. I do feel like it it encourages yeah. a culture yes. of of weighing my options. Absolutely so think really about it. To stick to one thing. Like you'll you know, people will be talking to like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different people all at once weighing their options, but never actually settling on, on a person and, and exploring deeper into what that could become because they're afraid that there's something else better that they're missing out on. And I'm not saying like relationships don't have problems, that they there aren't uh, situations where they should come to an end. But I'm saying like you, you have to actually get into one and, and see it through. <laughs> Because here's the thing, you get to that point, you know, right. they don't even get to that point. They don't even get into one to see it through. It's all just temporary shit. They'll date for a couple of weeks. They get bored of it. They move on to the next thing, or they never even officially get with the person to begin with. So, because here's the thing, you use the word situation. There's a whole new thing now. We're situation. no longer dating or seeing yeah. each other. It's a situationship. Yeah. And on top of that, think about it. How I've often, when somebody, it's disgusting. I hate it. I think it's a terrible uh, idea. I mean, it turned into a very good friendship. So Right. But, but the thing is, I want you to think about this, right? How often do you hear when someone's showing confidence, when they're empowered, your man's in my DMs, <laughs> they're up in my DMs. Yeah. It's a power move to say, I can collect all the pussy and dick that I want. <laughs> it's a power move today. Rather than being the sidewalk harlot that you, you're acting like when you say that. Because the thing is, 9 out of the 10 who's in your DMs is um, Rafshet from in India who is saying, give me your bobbins and vagines. We all know who's up in your DMs. We already know. But the thing is, they would rather sit there and say, I can take what you've got. What you've got isn't strong. What you've got is built on a lie, and I'm going to steal it. That's well, a power move today. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and another, and another. No, it's not a new thing. People have been doing that as long as people have been people. But the internet definitely makes it much easier to do that sort of thing. Way easier. And and to go and to go back to her point, I mean, you know, everybody loves to bash on the baby boomers, even though they're thinning out as a herd. But there's one thing that they did that royally screwed up the generations that came after them. Um, when people got married prior to the to the baby boomer generation, you can make a pretty good argument on this. Uh, they got together and, you know, for better or worse, rich or poor, I'm sticking with you. And you're seeing like 
anniversary notifications in the newspaper, if you even read it anymore, that 50 years, 60 years, 65 years, the baby boomers come along and go, nope, I don't like you anymore. I'm going to divorce you. And then the Gen Xers are like, oh, my God. you know, I don't want to wind up like them. So well, everybody right, just right. Get married. You mentioned uh, no fault divorce online. Yeah, well, I was gonna, I was gonna get to that. Um, I just wanted to see Kyler. You've been awfully quiet. Do you want to jump in? Do you have anything you want to add? You know, to be honest, this it really does seem like we're pretty much all in agreement. It's not what, it, as long as we have the same equal rights. I personally don't care, even though I'm married. That it's called a civil union. It's it's called whatever. If it's a religious, if we're going to be going back to marriage as a religious institution, I just don't think ultimately the government probably should even have a role in marriage. It really should be just a civil union and leave marriage up to the religions, to the churches, to the synagogues. It seems like we've gotten to the point where Maybe the discussion should be, should the government even be in this business? There are a lot of things I wish I could get the government out of. But unfortunately, <laughs> despite my vast power of declaration and the overestimates of my He-Man abilities on the Internet, we don't have the power to actually change these things. So we can talk about, you know, what should or should not be. Um, and uh, like I said, I've seen a lot of people in my DMs that agree with that, that it's, you know, marriage should be a religious institution thing, that the religion should be able to handle it, and that the legal aspect can cover everyone with civil unions. Uh, you know, Mr. Chad Manley, uh, Seth Pellish, he's the author of a book, you should check him out. Um, he was on our show uh, on the stream last, uh, last week, he couldn't make it this week. But he was of this mind where he was like, you know what? Maybe if you want to get married, you have to go through marriage prep. You have to go to your church and have a real, you know, series of classes with a priest or your your rabbi or your imam or whatever it is in order to understand the heavy spiritual and psychological commitment that is involved in marriage. Um, and if you don't want to do that, then you can get your civil union and that's fine and you don't need to get married. So, I wanted to bring up a point on one of your tweets because it's one of the things you're being criticized do you on. Wanna, do you want to do that or you want to talk about divorce real quick? Well, I wanted to bring this up because it's one of the biggest things you were being criticized I'll about get this, fault divorce. especially by uh, what's-his-face gay, not queer, who's anonymous on here. But you, Before you, you guys do, I just wanted to let you know that that is actually a requirement in the Catholic Church, what he said. You have to yeah. do that or yeah. they won't let you get married in the church. That you is have to correct. go through a three-month course and they have to approve you. I didn't know that. And a lot of Protestant churches will encourage it very strongly yeah. before two people get married in their church. Mm. It makes sense. I mean, I can see I can see why that would that would be the case too. Um, anyway, so Brent, you you tweeted in response to this guy saying that you were basically calling us second class citizens by saying we can't have a marriage or whatever. And you said, newsflash, we are second class citizens. Not only are we questionable parents, but we have a higher incidence of mental illness and personality disorders. We can marry a woman if we want to get married. Otherwise, it's a civil union. Don't even get me started on open marriages. And the main point he took offense to was that you called a second-class citizen. So elaborate on that. Explain exactly what you meant and why you said that, because that really took this guy off. So I don't know about y'all gays, but <clears throat> what I've seen, uh, especially among my gay friends, is that 
gay people generally have some trauma or some parental uh, deficit in their background. My dad wasn't around a lot when I was a young little boy. And I remember because of not, I, I wasn't around a lot of men when I was young in that zero to five period, that very crucial period from zero to five, I had almost a fear of men because I didn't, I didn't understand them. I wasn't around them. They were foreign to me. And so I didn't have that opportunity to sort of imprint upon the male. And I think that's what contributed to my homosexuality. And a lot of gay men um, have trauma in their background. You know, they had a cluster B parent um, or they had, uh, you know, some other problems. Single parents, very common. If you look up the, the rates of gay children and single parents versus, you know, uh, you know, gay kids coming out of one man, one woman relationships, much higher for single parent relationships. And I, I find that interesting. Uh, the reason I think gay people are second class citizens is because we are not the ideal. We miss the mark of being able to pair with an opposite sexed individual and create baby and be happy and content in that lifestyle. We can do it. But when we do it, we have to shoehorn ourselves into it. And generally, it creates unhappy marriages, and yeah. then they end up divorcing down the line because of it. Um, so, and I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. You know, yes, we are, we deserve equal rights under the law. We are equivalently valuable to society. We do contribute in other ways, but we don't have the ideal scenario where we can pair with an opposite sex parent and happily and successfully create, you know, progeny which so some would push back against that and they would say by you even calling that the ideal situation that you and calling yourself second class that that's internalized homophobia and you hate yourself that is the big the big one that see that's the say. leftist thing that i'm it talking about lefty. here that's nope. the redefinition the semantic sleight of hand in order to cajole and coerce my compliance with their ideology yep. that's what that is that's not a good faith take that's not an honest bit of criticism that's not uh an opening for a conversation yeah. someone called you closeted too and i thought that was freaking hilarious <laughs> that is the opposite of closeted that i could possibly even think of and i just thought that comment really cracked me up they're like the scar is just closeted he has internalized homophobia i'm like wow you do not know this person <laughs> Oh wait, we passed sixty nine minutes. We passed sixty nine minutes. You're really Excuse good. Excuse us. Oh, nice. You're really good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you need any more proof? There's a couple of beers in now. Sixty nine minutes. God damn it. Do um, it. You I guys don't have question, to. Though. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Second class. I'm not. I'm sorry, guys. He'll, he'll beat me. No. Um. Correct me if I'm wrong, but second class merely means that somebody's like, so for instance, kids who have mental disabilities are considered second class because they require uh, uh, help, Extra help and sometimes assisted. Like, it doesn't technically mean that you're less than. It just means that you have like, and I was saying it in, in the private chat, almost everyone <laughs> I know that is bi, gay, or non-binary typically... <laughs> The reason why, like a lot of, there's a lot of lesbians who only became lesbian because of severe sexual assault trauma. Uh, there are a lot of women who, um, and again, myself included, 
is I remember a, really quick though. Is that a true lesbian? Um, our friend Peter Feliciano did an entire thread about this. We love Peter. Yeah, Peter's great. And, and again, but that's that's rejection. That's why I honestly have a theory that non-binary. Here's why I don't believe it's real. Non-binary is trauma that you refuse to address. The same thing with ACE, and here's why: because what that is, you are taking away literally the most authentic part of yourself. You can't deny whether you're a man or a woman. Your body is that way. You can cut anything you want. You can pump yourself with any hormone. At the end of the day, you are still that thing. So the question is, why would you suddenly say, I don't feel I'm a man or a woman? Because if you're a woman, probably somewhere inside, you consider that a vulnerable thing because what is women in this day and age? We're victims. We have to be afraid of everyone. The the woman who screamed at a guy for saying, excuse me, from 30 feet, 30 feet away in a parking lot, perfect. You do not approach me. You never that. approach a woman in a parking lot. Like, I you know, what? these are the creatures that... This is the idea and the identity that we have fed women in the Me Too movements and the uh, Handmaiden's Tales and all this bullshit. And I, I, you never hear, you never heard about nine baron but see, it's so fucked up. I can't even say it. You've never heard of non-binary until the last decade. It was never a they them situation. You might have seen it in little sects and in certain uh, uh, ideologies, but most people didn't identify with that. And the reason why it caught on because more and more people who had trauma found a way to escape. You no longer have to identify. I'm not a woman. I am non-binary because the woman was the one who was assaulted. I, I merely exist in this body. It's the same rhetoric. Take it, copy, paste, insert ideology. I'm existing in a fat body. I, I accept my fat body. I'm, I'm living as a gay man. I'm living as a non-binary. Copy and paste. All you're doing is you are avoiding trauma. Now, I can I'm and that's the thing like I believe there's a mix I for, I think it was Miyoko um, uh, Miyoko had done a whole study on how this is what could get people canceled that technically being gay could be considered by uh, certain deficiencies in the in the uterus during development a birth defect she said if you look at it there are certain developments that happen while you're uh in the womb that makes you more predisposed towards the things maybe there's certain amino acids or she did a very in-depth thing on it i'm not going to pretend i remember it totally it was two years ago that i watched it but it was very interesting to listen to she did a lot of research on it and it was very interesting to see that and then you wonder are these the same kind of people that are more predisposed to be exposed two situations that will create that inclination. Because you have many people who say, well, as long as I can remember, but let me ask you something. If it's as long as you can remember, tell me what you ate in second grade. Like, you know, they sit there and say, well, I can remember back when I was a little kid. Okay, are you sure? Because I dead ass remember Darth Vader walking through my bedroom when I was five years old. I promise you he didn't. But that's a memory you can have as a little kid. And sometimes your perceptions gets warped. And so I'm not invalidating anyone as a bisexual woman. I know what I find attractive. However, I do think that there has to be some question to it because look in nature. Yes, you will have some 
uh, anomalies where there's going to be an animal that attaches to a same sex. But if it was so often that it was considered normal, most species would go extinct. It, it, that's just the facts. Most animals do not have where they can become hermaphroditic or where they can switch from male to female. It's exceedingly rare. Um, asexuality and replicating, again, exceedingly rare. You only get it in monocellular organisms and worms. Do you really want to compare yourself to a creature that hasn't gotten past a five-cell organism phase? Worm self. <laughs> exactly like and and again i when it comes to that when you start identifying as inanimate objects my uh frog pronouns my the it pronouns again you are dehumanizing and separating yourself from whatever you're upset at and yeah. it's easier to take that and put it over here and then not have to talk about it anymore Tra trauma is definitely the elephant in the room and not just for the trans stuff and non-binary stuff but but also for homosexuals as well you know it is something that that needs to be discussed more and it's just it tends to not be it gets swept under the rug that oh, there's, no, there's no connection at well, all yeah that that kind of goes back to my to my point from earlier of uh when i was saying how like we got we got gay marriage but gays still go and do these like you know this like hedonistic hypersexual behavior blah 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 so it's like you know because because the argument used to the argument used to be at some point like well you know because society doesn't doesn't recognize uh gays as you know as as the same as straight people and they don't allow them to get married so they are and and they their people are bigoted towards them so they're pushed down into these underground communities but what happened with society accepted 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 all the way up until marriage and we still have these like hypersexual underground type communities that are still behaving in destructive ways. This is so this is a good point you bring up. You know, it's like so now we can't say that because now because now we have the rights. So if it was yeah. just the fact that we didn't have the rights, that would have solved itself when we got the rights. But it I wanna, didn't solve itself. I want to I want to address what you just said there because this is one of the counterpoints that the people who were disagreeing with Brent were making. They were saying, well, we need to have the word marriage and we need to push equality and all that stuff because that's what will stop the hedonistic behavior. And the hedonistic behavior only exists because we didn't legitimize and encourage monogamous relationships between homosexuals. And Matt, your point is perfectly valid. We have that now and that behavior is still going on. You could argue there's probably more of it now. Um, you know, circuit parties, all that stuff. That's a, it's a huge thing. It's still very big in the culture. Orgies, all that stuff. You know, it, it never went away, and I haven't seen any signs that there's a lessening of it. Even if we may have more monogamous pairings now than we did perhaps in the past because of uh, the marriage and, and all that stuff. But that didn't stop this uh, rapid hedonistic behavior at all. It's still and now it's out in now it's out in the open. Yes. You know, it used to be underground. Now it's out in the open. Now, if you criticize that behavior, yes. you're a bigot and a homophobe. And, you know, because now, no, we have to accept all kinds of behavior. No, we don't. Like, look, I don't think anybody should go to jail for, you know, their sex life. But, you know, I, I, I don't have to not judge you. I'm going to totally judge you. I'm going to judge myself in the past when I engaged in that behavior. I have no problem saying that. I'm, I'm going to judge myself when I did that. I'm going to judge you when you do it. That's not, 
it's not good. It's not a standard that that we should be aspiring to. Um, but now it's not only underground, it's out in the open and you can't criticize it. And and that is also feeding not only gay people to just kind of do it out in the open. Now the straights are tacking onto it because now it's trendy and popular and all over TikTok. And oh, I'm gonna do this too. And I'm gonna, oh, and I'm gonna go to these sex parties and whatever. And that's not good. That's really not good because they're trying to like, we. they really need to be making the babies because like Brent, you pointed out, the gays can't. So, but, you know, that's my, that's my Somebody's point. Somebody's always got to be making babies. Like this is like a thing that we forget because, you know, we're all wrapped up in our individual lives and we, you know, and again, people like to point out these, these unique, what I'll call exceptional situations um, the exceptions are great and we can have exceptions, but exceptions prove the rule. They are exceptions. This is getting back to language and meaning of words. They're exceptions because they are the rare, they are the uncommon, they are not the general, the average, the, the normal. Um, don't get triggered. I use that word normal. Um, <laughs> and somebody has to be making babies. Like if we don't make babies and we don't encourage babies to be made, society will collapse and we're gonna see that in China in the next couple of decades. Just wait and see. I don't know if uh, uh, Darling Cope and Steve has the same idea that I did, but I just wanted to mention this. Stephen Cope. <laughs> Stephen Cope is, um, anyone notice, and no offense to the gentleman in the audience, uh, that hedonistic and, and, and super horny and almost to the point of violent in some ways is only with the male side of the homosexual conversation. You don't really see that with the lesbian side. The lesbian side is coffee shops and oil paintings and U-Hauls and, 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 and men, going out men, into the mountains and eating Ben and Jerry's. And it's, Men are more sexual and they're, they're statistically less likely to say no to sex. This is a biological fact. Women are the more selective sex of the two. That's just how biology works. So when you throw men together, this side of the species that tends to say no, not you know, it's less likely to say no to sex and you throw all those people together and they want to have sex with other men, less people are saying no, more of them are having sex. Whereas no, there's no difference between men and women. We're the exact same. and <laughs> That's a gender stereotype, Dan. And I don't appreciate that because that is extremely <laughs> misogynistic. And I am masculine presenting trans femme. And I truly don't appreciate that you are invading on my masculine energy right now and saying such a thing. That is okay. absolutely if, I if if men and women are exactly the same, I'm just going to go shoot myself right now because, frankly, <laughs> what the hell is the point of living? I mean, seriously. There is a really – so uh, Mr. Mr. Seth, a.k.a. Chad Manley, um, had a really interesting mathematical breakdown. Where is he? He's not coming in. He's not coming. He had a uh, – he was actually meeting up with a priest tonight to have a beer. Gotcha. Um, but let me pull up that self-hating gay his little out with mathematical Greece. thing. So this was an interesting little uh, thought experiment, which he shared with me, um, which kind of shows how you get from uh, no, not that screen, how you get from gay marriage to men equal women. So here you can see this. So if marriage is a man plus a woman, and gay marriage equals man plus man. Uh, if marriage equals gay marriage, 
So this is like the transverse property in mathematics, if you guys remember that. Uh, then man plus woman equals man plus man, because they're the same, right? Gay marriage is marriage, right? So man plus woman, marriage equals man plus man, marriage. Well, if you subtract man from both sides, you can reduce it to just woman equals man, which then goes to men and women are interchangeable. So that was kind of an interesting little mathematical mm -hmm. thing that, that I found fascinating. Um, which doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's not completely applicable because, you know, it's math and we're talking about social, but it's an interesting <laughs> little thought experiment that sort of shows how we got there. Um, let me welcome Mr. Christian Watson to the stream. Welcome. Hey. Christian! Hey, Christian. Hi, Starson. How are you doing? How are you guys doing? Hello. We're hanging out. So we're hanging out. out. It, got, it got hot in here. We hit 69 minutes, so we took our shirts off. Oh, Brian. Oh, I, I didn't realize that was going to be like a, a recurring thing. I it's thought that hot. was a lot. It's hot in here. Yeah, I usually go at home anyway. Can I say yeah. something really quickly before we move? Yes, go for it. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry, Christian. Welcome. I just want to say this one thing and then okay. we can. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you. One thing I think that you, I know that you mentioned earlier, um, Dan, is, and I think, I think you did. Um, so I did queer theory when I was in college. So um, I, I've i read Gail Rubin. I've read like all of these different, I've read so many of these different people because I, like I said, I was a lefty and I, and I, and I did all this. And I'm telling you right now, if you listen to a lot of what um, James Lindsay has posted about queer theory and has done like in-depth readings of stuff, he's absolutely correct when he says that you know, when he's like, this is what they're saying because it's there. They will tell you what they what they believe if you just look for it. It's absolute. He's right. And one of the things that they that they say, and I've read it myself, is hierarchies of sexuality and of actual sex acts are dangerous. They want to break the hierarchies down. That's the pro this is the Marxist idea, right? That is in these beliefs. They don't believe that there is something that is better or more normal than something else. They want to break these hierarchies down. So in other words, anything that said any any anything that that says this kind of marriage or this kind of sexuality or whatever is more optimal than this other thing is automatically bad and it has to be broken down. You have to destroy it. That's exactly what queer theory wants to do. It's yeah. there. I can I can I can pull the literature that actually says it. So I remember when I was in college, I wrote a paper that actually and I and I'm and I'm admitting that I wrote this. <laughs> I wrote a paper that said, based on on these queer theory ideas, if gay marriage comes to fruition, there we will create a homonormative um uh we will create homonormativity within the gay community, meaning that there will be the gays who want to get married and that's going to be the ideal and everybody else is going to be ostracized or put out to the, um, to the margins. And now in my, you know, now that I'm, that I'm older and I realize what, what was going on there, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what we should be doing. We need to actually be setting boundaries. We need to be saying some behavior is better than others. And maybe this behavior of marriage or whatever we wanna call it, that's what it should be doing. It should be setting up ideal, ideal um, 
examples of 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 healthy relationships that can that can exist in in gay relationships mm-hmm. and 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 that's the that's where, where i see it now is like you know this whole thing of like oh let's get let's let's have our cake and eat it too oh let's get married but let's have open relationships let's do this let's do that yeah i'm sorry to me don't get married that's not what this is about. <laughs> that's, not, that's what I think. Um, You're right. Gonna... Think about the cake. The cake is a perfect example. We want to yes. be accepted. Will... We want to be loved. Christian Baker, you're going to make our cake. I Correct. don't believe it's not my religion. You could, you're could. you in fucking New York City. There's a billion fucking bakers, but you go to the one who you know religiously because at the end of the day, hi, honey, um, they are going to want to push you're no longer allowed to have a different way. You are going to accept us. You are going to love us. You are going to do what we want. That's that's the way they are now. And it's it's a dangerous thing. I, I personally don't, it's like you said, it's never enough to have equal rights. Now they have to be able to say, if you don't give me what I want, I will use my social tokens against you. Hmm, that's the problem that i have now it's never there is a never ending what's next what do we want now let's let's i want to hear from mr christian let him jump in he's been hanging out listening patiently thanks for coming on oh no no problem no problem no yeah i i've been i'm i'm being enlightened by the conversation i'm listening and i think you're all making very good points um so um brentley you saw my response to your original tweet um so, so here's where, how I initially approached it. My thought was that you were being provocative to get a response, which is the nature of social media. That's how the algorithms work. That's how a lot of people work. It's not a bad thing. It's not something that should be condemned, but I felt you were being provocative. So I, I thought, you know, listening into this would help me understand your views in a larger totality. And they ha- it has, it definitely has. I think I understand where you're coming from. I think you're trying to say, that according to particularly a Christian religious framework, marriage is between a man and a woman. I think that's what you're trying to say. Would that be true? Yeah, generally. Uh, mostly my, my issue is with the word and the uh, redefinition. Because uh, I, I like to have borders around concepts and ideas such that we can facilitate accurate communication. And as mm-hmm. soon as we start allowing the cultural tolerance to shift definitions for inclusion purposes, that trend, that, that, that idea in and of itself becomes infectious. And as we've seen, it's continued with other things like man, woman, um, and, and the whole gamut. Uh, and it's how eventually we get to war is peace. So would you call that the slippery slope argument? You, you could call it a slippery slope. It's, it's not so much a slippery slope. It's just once you accept this idea that you can uh, redefine a term to suit an ideology, um, and then that, that, that becomes acceptable. So it's not so much the slippery slope of, you know, gay marriage leads to these, these other downstream things. It's the slippery slope is tolerating the semantic shift um, from something that means one thing into something that means something else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's my main complaint. And I was, so I, I was definitely being provocative. You know, I was a little, yeah. too you, said, you said seething cope. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would agree with you that an attempt to politically engineer definitions 
uh, in, the, in whatever direction. I don't care if it's in the direction of conservatism because conservatives have a very long history of social engineering or leftism. I don't care. It's not good. We should always stick to foundational meanings that we can ascertain through etymology and actually studying the history of the work, which is why I got a problem with your take. Because we understand that marriage is actually a very complex concept that has meant different things in different eras, even right. recently. That was my right. Basically, yeah. Right. So in ancient Israel, right, we had polygamous relationships. Even in the Bible, King Solomon had over 600 wives. Um, there were plenty of people in the Bible, including the anointed of God, who had a lot of concubines. Now, of course, they were condemned, but we have to understand that what was traditional in that era was polygamy. That was traditional. Um, after the Reformation, Martin Luther said that religion is actually not, no, that marriage is actually not a religious ideal. It's an ideal for society and the state. Now, the Catholic Church obviously rejected that. But Martin Luther and the Protestants after that, after the Reformation, were kind of like, no, this is not something we want, the, we want the church to handle. And for a very long time, this is kind of how the norm of marriage being officiated by justice of the peace developed from that. Then, of course, in early America, we did have this idea of monogamy as a conduit of virtue. Um, in the book Public Vows, there's actually a big conversation about how the founders understood in the absence of a government attempting to encourage virtue by force, which is impossible by definition, you have to have a social structure that does that. And they believe that monogamous marriage was a way to do that. Problem is, a monogamous marriage is relatively a product of the Enlightenment. It wasn't really a popular thing until Enlightenment Europe. So even in the very recent history of marriage, it's also a very new event. Even in early America, there were people like the Onidia community, O-N-E-I-D-A, who basically, it was a communist marriage. Every woman in the community was married to every man, and they all had kids with each other. Um, and then you had the, the, the Mormons who were polygamous in early America as well. So I, I just, when we talk about traditional marriages, I, I really, in light of the history of marriage, I really get very i get very um confused because it's a buzzword that exists in our culture but if you actually put it against the backdrop of historical record i'm not sure it makes much sense if we were going to say that a particular form of marriage is superior particularly monogamous marriage particularly marriage with a religious bent fine that's an argument you can make um i'm not sure i would agree that marriage with a religious bent is necessarily okay. superior but monogamy is certainly a superior from a just a pure a physiological standpoint. Human beings are finite creatures. Um, we can't divide our energy too much or else we'll lose it and we'll have nothing to maintain ourselves. Therefore, monogamy being a relationship that actually emphasizes limits uh, is uh, conducive to human nature. Therefore, it is good. That's an argument I would make for monogamy. But that's separate from the religious aspect. It's only incidentally re related with that. So that, that's my argument. I think I'm I'm basically on the same page as Christian, and my response was basically what I was saying as well. Like the definition of what was considered traditional marriage has shifted multiple times in our culture throughout history and in Western society specifically, even if it was just between a man and a woman. So by that argument, why can't the concept shift again? So. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, I agreed that the definition does change over time. Uh, earlier, I kind of made the point that there's a difference between a bottom-up change, where the language changes naturally over time uh, mm -hmm. for the good, uh, which mm -hmm. is, you know, like when interracial marriage became a thing. That was a bottom-up change that changed with mm -hmm. the culture. 
Um, but when it came to gay marriage, to me, that seemed more like a top-down forced thing, uh, where we had civil mm -hmm. unions on the table for many years before the, the Oberfell decision. And the institutional gays, the corporate gays, these are the, the gay leadership uh, cast, rejected it for over a decade because they wanted marriage equality, and they wouldn't accept anything less. And while I, I, I agree that we deserve equal rights under the law, um, my, my main complaint was that they forced that semantic shift on the population as opposed to it being a naturally evolved thing. You know, if we were talking about natural evolution, we would have had civil unions um, long before the Oberfell decision. And had we had nationalized civil unions, the Oberfell decision likely wouldn't have been uh, an issue because we would have had equal rights. I'm not sure I still agree with that. Um, I do agree that a definition of marriage was imposed on the population. I don't think that it was from the left, though. I think that it was from the right, actually. Huh. Uh, look at the Defense of Marriage Act. Until the Defense of Marriage Act, there was actually no federal standard for marriage. And then this is why no-fault divorce. Who decided no-fault divorce? Not the federal government, the state governments, because that was a state issue. And the founders understood that marriage was supposed to be a state issue. So even as early as 1970s, there were still states that recognized common law marriages and gave you the benefits. You didn't have to go to a justice of the peace or a priest. You had a common law marriages, a marriage. You were together for a very long time. You get benefits. Okay, but then DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, came in the 1990s, and that said marriage is between a man and a woman. And that is what triggered a series of court cases which eventually led up to a Burgerfeld. So in my opinion, it was, there, it was imposed on society by traditionalists, and they were wrong. They used an improper, improper mechanism to administer their message. If, if, in my opinion, if they were going to do it right, they should have kept fighting the culture war because the culture war has been going on since the 70s, even before them, but since the 70s, Jerry Falwell Jr., the religious right, the moral majority, who wouldn't like many of us, by the way. They would actually disdain many of us for many reasons. But still, they were the original presenters of the culture war, and they really cared about this issue. They really cared about this issue. If you were gay in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic, you were seen as demon-possessed. You guys are older than me. You probably know. You were seen as demon-possessed, as evil, as deviant. So I'm, I always had that in the back of my mind because I call myself a conservative because I am a conservative. I believe in beauty. I believe in order. I do believe in tradition. I believe in monogamous marriage. I don't believe in open relationships. I believe that sex is a special thing not to be discarded and used for temporal pressure, but to be used as a covenant to build a bigger bond beyond that one moment. So by all intents and purposes, I'm a conservative. But I also recognize there are people in the same camp that use that same sensibility to oppose human sexual, the diversity of human sexual expression. And I'm very, I'm very, I'm very careful about that. And that's what happened with DOMA. That's what happened with DOMA, in my opinion. That's um, a really, really interesting take on it, actually. I think you're the first so, person I've heard approach it. In that yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought yeah. about the Defense of Marriage Act. Um, and you, it's a, it's a good argument. You know, I don't, I don't really have, I, I mean, you're right. <laughs> but I don't, I, I mean, but, but I don't, yeah, sorry, go on, please go. Listen, none of us can argue when it comes to history and facts and the intellect of the situation when it comes to Christian, because he's literally a living encyclopedia. I've always no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Those books. Oh, stop being humble. I'll no, beat I'm, you up. You know very well exactly what you are. And, and that's no. the thing. I always said, if I'm going to go into a battle of facts, I'm going to take Christian with me. That being said, <laughs> he is it a good doesn't mean... It's the truth, but it doesn't mean that we cannot change the language again, because the problem is, I don't disagree with anything you said. I was listening. I know I was an amalgamation of animals over here, but um, here's what I will tell you. Yes, that's literally my life. Um, 
But here's what I will tell you. The fact is, because we had so much warring of, well, what's the definition here? What's the definition here? Now we have this problem today where everyone's like, well, I wanted to be marriage. They waited 15 years because they didn't want the civil union. I think now is the time we correct all of it. Marriage is religious. It is between a man and a woman. Civil union, whatever you want to be. You, you, you want to identify as a leather-faced puppy and, and, and his master. You want to do whatever the hell you want civil union as long as it's legal and, and consenting. Go for it. And the, and the thing is, I do believe, regrettably, I know a lot of folks have said government involvement is wrong. Whether we like it or not, we live in a society. There has to be a governing body. I know I am friends with many ANCAPs. I tell them they're wrong all the time. Because the thing is, a lot of ANCAPs and a lot of people who don't want the governing bodies to govern them on some level will then also be like, that can't be allowed. I want my rights protected. You cannot ask for your rights to be protected and also say government can't be involved. You have to pick. You, you have to pick what do you want. Do you want some protection for your rights or do you want free reign to do whatever the fuck you want and good luck protecting it? That's the thing. There has to be some checks and balances. There has to be somebody that says, mm, can't go there, can't do that. Hey, you can't wrong this person that way. So that's why when it comes to the religious as aspect, a lot of folks say, keep your religion out of my uterus or whatever, what fucking have you. Baby, just go ahead. I don't care. Uh, they're going to eat. They, they all know I have animals. I'm the crazy cat lady. Um, <laughs> it, it's my husband's trying to feed them all for me. <laughs> um, but the point is, there has to come a point with society, with the structure that, um, whatchamacallit, it, that we are going to have someone that says, you can do yes, you can't do that. So that's why a lot of folks say, again, keep your religion out of my this, keep your religion out of my that, fine. If you want my religion out of your life, then stop using my religious words and religious structures to base your life. You have to pick. A and that's how I see it. If you want that, because the thing is like, so um, when Gothics and I talk about abortion, if any of you have debated me, talk to me about abortion, name one time I've mentioned God. I've never, because the problem is people will shut you down from that. So I go on the morality side of it and the scientific side of it, because the fact is, if you want to argue with me that my God can't be involved, yes, there is a religious aspect to me not liking it, but fine, let's put that aside. You still know it's wrong, and I'm going to argue with you on your level. Well, now you have nowhere to come at me on it. And it's the same idea with marriage. You want your civil union, then you follow the laws of Uncle Sam, Whatever he dictates you have to do, I'm fine. You want to go to, uh, uh, just like uh, Stephen Cope said earlier, I think it was, was his name Greg? George? Was it George. George? George, what did he do? He didn't care. All he wanted was to be married. I don't have an issue with calling them a husband or a wife because that's just a standardized way of calling your partner. I, I do think it's a little snobby to go, that's my partner. <laughs> um, I think it's a little odd, but... That's me, because obviously they're your partner, but also somebody that you're studying with in college is your partner. So it, it just takes away from the seriousness of the relationship. That being said, it, it go back to the beginning. 
I don't disagree with you, Christian. You know I find you exceedingly intelligent, and I feel somewhat dumber whenever I'm in the room with you. But it's, <laughs> but the point is, don't feel I that don't, way. Don't feel you that know way. what I mean, and, and and that's why it's like you're very yes. smart. I think you're a very smart, you're, girl. Thank you. And it's it's a matter of you are correct on the history of it. You are correct on the breakdown of it. But that's because we allowed the children to run the daycare. We allowed too many voices, uh, at, at the controversial phrase, there's too many chiefs in the teepee. And, and the, the thing is now, we have a group of people who got what they wanted. It wasn't enough. Now, you never see them, and we said it, we all, everyone that I know of on this channel said the same thing. You never see them demanding a Muslim marriage, an Islamic marriage, a Jewish marriage. You never see them going to a Greek Orthodox church and demanding it. They only demand it from Catholics and Christians. And that's because that's the only one that they are uh, societally allowed to attack. So if you're not going to go after the other religions, then at that point, stop going after the one that you keep targeting, take religion completely out of it, have your civil union, and leave, leave the rest be. But the thing is, at the end of the day, the doctrines of the religions, nine times out of ten, will state what you're trying to do directly goes against religion. It's just like um, someone covered the other day a video about a Christian porn star. And she said she was a Christian porn star because God told her to make an OnlyFans. I want you to think about it. That literally directly that's, that's goes against three doctrines in the religious texts. You are not only doing lust and greed, but you are worshiping yourself. You're putting yourself above God. But she still sits there and pretends like it's a completely logical thing. Oh, I'm following the word of the Lord because I'm helping other people. What, with an orgasm? As, no. Mm. But that's the thing. People mm. are going to twist the religion to suit their needs. If we allow it to keep having that breakdown. So I think there needs to be, in this sense, a hard line of you're either religious and you're going to follow the religion or you are not and you have to go with whatever the government says. And that's the split. So it's either marriage or civil union. I, I think it's a nice, clean, easy way. You still get all the same rights. You just don't have to say the All Father when you do it. Hmm. Fair. It's a fair take. Can I jump in well, with a couple of questions that I've been yeah, that kind of had on the brain? And one of, them, one of them's for the group in general, and then one's for Christian in particular. Let me ask you all this. When the Supreme Court handed down its decision in Obergefell back in 2015, and maybe I'm about to ask a really heretical question here, but did it do more to hurt gay rights in this country than it did to help? That's that's my question of the group. And Christian, here, here's my question. And by the way, your point about the Defense of Marriage Act is like, I had never thought about it, but dude, you just brought up something that's like nailed it. I was like, holy cow, he's right. But let me ask you a question on the other side of that. Is the is the Ober, Obergefell decision in 2015 the correction of what shouldn't have happened? Or was it the second wrong trying to make something right? The second wrong. No, I don't. Okay. I don't support a Burger Fell whatsoever. I think that a Burger. Look, I remember. I remember the day. It was 2015. I was. I think okay. it was. It was summer 2015. I was 15 years old. I remember the day it happened. I was okay. so happy because I've always wanted in my heart to get married, okay. and I to this day at 23 I want to get married. That's in my heart. I want to have. I want to have kids. 
a little cat and a dog, a house. That's, I'm very old. That's, that's what I want. I'm not sure it'll ever happen, me being gay and the gay people being crazy, but that's what I want. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. <laughs> having said that, having said that, um, it was done through the wrong means. The Constitution doesn't talk about marriage. Marriage is under the Tenth Amendment a reserve power. That means the states have control over marriage. So if a state wants to regulate marriage, as much as it pains me, in a way that does not affirm my sexuality, they have a right to that in the Constitution. That is their constitutional right, which is why some states banned um, gay marriage, and that, that was part of the whole Obergefell um, case. So I think that Obergefell was unconstitutional, just plain okay. and simple. It shouldn't have happened. It should never happen. Um, even if the intended result made me happy, you, if you have a bad premise, the result will ultimately be tainted by that as well. So no, yeah. I don't think that Obergefell was any good. That was one of the things that people kept bringing up on that thread was that, uh, you know, the Supreme Court has declared it to be so, and so it is. And yeah, that's a nonsense you, argument. It, it is <laughs> a nonsense argument because the Supreme Court has been wrong before, as we just saw, you know, with the overturning of the Roe Ro versus Wade, uh, you know, decision, which again was another poor decision. Um, it, it's again, it's another 10th uh, Amendment issue, which yeah. we left to the right. state. And, um, you know, like slavery was, again, another thing that the Supreme Court endorsed up and until it didn't. So to use this argument, and, and this is one of the things that gets back to the fundamental nature about people. Um, there are fundamentally two different types of people, uh, broadly speaking. You've got people that are capable of independent critical thought and independent reasoning outside of a overarching structure. And then you have other people who need an external structure to glom onto um, in order to find their, their, their direction, their moral code, their ethics. They have to be told externally um, those things. They can't determine it for themselves. And it's very hard for one type of person to really understand the other and vice versa, because our internal cognitive experiences are so vastly different. We're separated by an ocean. Of, of difference. Um, so that this is kind of one of the things that I've seen, even with the responses to the tweet, uh, we saw that there were many people in the, you know, the LGB tribe that were very upset and lashing out because they thought I was attacking their tribe or I was attacking their relationship. And to me, it seems that those people are sort of, they're glommed onto this external structure, this tribe, and the tribe is almost their identity. And even we saw one guy who had it, his whole profile was based on, you know, being an LGBT, you know, basically a non. And and that's the difference between people who have this independent uh, independent faculty for, for reason and, and discussion and debate and folks that have to have the sort of top-down uh, external structure in order to feel like they can function in the world. Because, I mean, let's, let's just be honest, like it's hard to figure out what's right and what's wrong. You know, it's, it's a challenge. It can drive you up a wall. And, you know, it's much easier if something, you know, a large institution or a large group of people, a tribe comes along and says, oh, we'll tell you what to do. It's fine. You just come over here. We'll well, speaking of dumb arguments, because you mentioned, you know, the Supreme Court that made it so, therefore it is good. I was saying the Council of Wizards. One of one of the uh, dismissive uh, counterpoints that they're basically 
that guy you mentioned too, who's anonymous on there and his whole profile is LGB stuff or whatever, used against you is that uh, you are just trying to do this for clicks and attention and to piss people off, meaning you don't actually believe what it is you tweeted. You just did it to- Oh no, I believe it. And that's why, you know, they call it, like there's people who are calling us grifters. Uh, someone uh, who I won't name here said you are a drug addled, attention starved grifter. <sighs> Apparently, you're a drug addict. Perhaps. I mean, I do smoke a lot of weed. Yes, but that, I I wouldn't define that as drug addled. And if this person is going to make that as the reason to dismiss you, he better dismiss more than half his Twitter following because most of those motherfuckers smoke weed. I'm just saying. <laughs> the point is, just that's not an argument. Like, oh, you're just trying to get attention and clicks. You don't actually believe what you say. I invited this person to come on the show and actually hash out the ideas with us and to hear your point of view. And they wanted they had no interest in that. And I just, I find all that cowardly. You don't know us saying we're just doing this to get clicks and that we don't actually care about the issues that we're discussing. That's not a freaking argument. I mean, I can do both, right? Like, like, uh, yes, I would like more attention on the Obviously, show. Obviously, we want people to watch. Yes, we Obviously. want people to watch. Yes, we want it to be interesting and engaging. Um, yes, we maybe culture, a little controversy is, is fun and interesting at times. But that's not really the purpose. The purpose was that, you know, I, I've noticed this trend in the semantic sleight of hand and you know when it's when it's our team that's doing it I, f I feel even more compelled to speak out and speak the unpopular truth and to criticize our own tribe because who else is going to do it you know who else is going to critique the gays but a gay man you know like it, when, when it comes from inside the community i feel like or the community when it comes from another gay that I feel like it has a little bit more potency, whereas you can't just dismiss them for being, you know, a straight breeder who it, doesn't understand. It also pisses them off more. And again, right, because it shows where some of these notion. like gender critical or right wing or homocon gays can be just as dismissive and tribalistic as woke ones. You know, well, you're not doing it correctly. <laughs> you're not gaying right. You're not gaying right. And they view you as a traitor for having a contrary position to them. And it's like, no, we want to have a dialogue about this. Sorry, we're going to talk about it, whether you like it or not. Go ahead, Gustav. Oh, no, Star said I wanted to speak, so I'll let her go first. Go Thank ahead. you, Christian. He's my buddy. And here's what I will tell you, right? It, it's honest to God. Think about what you're saying, guys. Where have we heard this before? Gee, do I not have a best friend that had the exact same situation happen to her? Look at what they talk about. This is, this is, I, mean, I said it earlier today, copy-paste the situation and ideology. It's the same a uh, uh, tactic that they keep using. Fat woman must hate herself for being fat. That's why she's calling out fat people for saying it's healthy to be fat. I must be a pick me because I want the fins to love me. I want the fins to tell me that yes, you can lose weight. Like that's what they tell me. You're pandering to the fins. You're pandering to patriarchy. They do the exact same thing with everyone else. Gothics couldn't possibly have a different opinion than the rest of the black people unless she's fucking a white man. You can't possibly have opinion that's different from other gays unless you secretly hate being gay. There is never a moment where you can have a different opinion now and actually formulate it. It's 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 an argument they've been using against women for years now. They call it the pick me, and I've actually finally figured out what the yeah. definition of a pick me is. And I still don't quite grasp it, but it's when it's a woman who goes against everything just to garner negative or positive, whatever attention from males. And I get it all the time now. And I'm like, 
I got picked 17 years ago, and I offered him an out many, many times. Well, on that term, though, really quick, when they're using it, they're tending to mean that you want to be picked by the right-wing Christians. And you want right. them to like you and accept you. And Brent was accused of that, too, for his position. They were calling him a pick-me and dismissing it. It's also another one yeah. of their little semantic weapons. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you the know. thing is... I will never be accepted by my own right-wing peers. I have been on live streams where all, half of you on this stream have seen the moment my hair is normally the, the rainbows it's been, people will click off. The fact that I'm fat, people won't listen. The fact that I have cats, people won't listen. The fact that I'm bisexual, people won't listen. Uh -huh. You're never going to appease everyone. Yep. But the problem is, is now... It's not even a matter of appeasing everyone. It's as long as you only appease the one side, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And and they don't they don't care about anything mm -hmm. else. They don't care if morally you're correct. Again, one mm -hmm. of the people was defending Vosh of all people, as if he was some terrible uh, human uh, being. <laughs> this pillar of human being when he's literally defended pedophilia. He's yeah. literally shown up naked in, in front of children on streams. Like and this is someone that you're telling me that I should go to for life advice? Get the fuck out of here. And this is the thing I'm talking about. It, it's... I don't know. Maybe I'm going off on a pontification. But again, <laughs> what it goes out for every day is that none of you are allowed to state an opinion that goes against the greater. And I do regret that I do feel now that's even happening somewhat on the right uh, with the mm -hmm. infighting mm -hmm. happening that's been happening lately. And I'm glad that there is talk where like hey we don't need to infight we can we can agree to disagree we we lost that that was one of our best features on mm -hmm. the right is that we didn't have to agree with you we could agree to disagree we could respect because what did front porch say earlier i don't have to agree with what you're saying but i will fight like hell for you to say it and i firmly believe in that because where are we at if we all just keep agreeing with each other mm-hmm yeah 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 so i think there's a few things i want to piggyback off of star sun um so well first uh, about uh the homo cons that dan uh, i think dan mentioned i i don't think that most people on twitter who call themselves gay conservatives actually know what it means to be a conservative and i i'm serious no seriously i'll go on one of the profiles Brett was accused of gatekeeping what it is to be a gay conservative but i don't saying, think i've ever heard saying what think, you said I don't think I've ever heard Brent even call himself a conservative before. I don't think I've ever heard it. Um, you know, it, people think that if you're on the right, you're conservative, which is not the case. But most of these so-called homo cons are not conservatives. They are libertines trying to cosplay as right-wing people. I mean, seriously, I'll see Trump 2020 and all kind of stuff in their pro profile picture. Then I'll scroll down and they have butt cheeks on their timeline. They have all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, you're sharing pornography on your timeline. In, on Maine, not on not on your side account, but on Maine, you're going to pretend to be a conservative. I mean, whatever. So I I don't I'm not judging people by the way, but so but I'm just saying it's just very weird they claim conservative. Anyway, so that's a different conversation. But I just find that very odd. So I don't believe that most gay conservatives are actually conservative. They're right leaning, the libertarians, and that's fine. I was once as well a very strong libertarian. I'm less of a libertarian now. I the, the character of my political philosophy is still libertarian. But I believe that tradition and order and beauty and these other things should inform your views of freedom. It shouldn't just be freedom because freedom by itself can't tell you how to live a moral life. Freedom yeah. by itself is just a tool. How you, you use the tool is important. Right? 
that's what they call it. But yeah, I mean, libertarians have really pissed me off over the past few years. I used to be died, died in the wool. I guess philosophically I still am, but just the structure of the libertarian party and seeing how libertarians act online have really, really pissed me off recently. Yeah. So I, I, I try to stay away. Who are disillusioned yeah. with them as well, who were once libertarians and are-, are Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But you have to, there's another thing as well. Sarsen mentioned how the right used to be more open to debate. Well, I agree, that, but that was especially prevalent during the intellectual dark web era, like the era where Brett Weinstein and Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro, they would all get in a little room and they would talk. And that was because using that era was a few years ago. You remember the feminists, the SJW feminist compilations that would come on YouTube. That was very popular back then. And that was, that was sort of the entry level to wokeness in our popular culture. Now it's progressed so far that even people on the right are like, I'm done talking. I want to shut this thing down. I want to take a bludgeon. I want to take a hammer and just destroy it all, which is why you're seeing some people on the right trend more authoritarian, which is dangerous, by the way. America was built off of resisting authoritarian impulses and enshrining freedom into a political order. But the right, legitimately so, is so angry at what the left has done to our culture that they are just tired of talking about it. They're tired of playing around and they want to just destroy it. But we have to understand that you know, if you're a conservative, at least, you want to build up things. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to just destroy things recklessly. You want to build up things and build on foundations. But there are some sections of the right right now that are saying that conservatism is no longer good anymore. We need to destroy everything and build up a society based around the common good, the collective, the community, which I think is also dangerous. The individuals that made America so different and so special, and that needs to be preserved. But the right is having growing pains right now. So I think over the next few years, and by the way, James Lindsay is seeing this because James Lindsay is getting attacked by a bunch of people right now yes. who are claiming that he is just some random liberal um, who is you know, only good on one issue, but everything else he's not down for the cause. And who is he getting attacked by? He's getting attacked by these sort of post-liberals that are coming out of the woodwork, that have all these publications, that have all these ornate ideas about how they want society to be run, who want to empower government to tell you what to do, who want to enforce the common good, which what does that mean in the first place? They want This is what help the society they want to build through force. So the right has to really ask itself, what kind of civilization do you want to have? Oh, I am leaving myself, sorry. Do you want to have a civilization that is based on free discussion, the individual, cooperative enterprises, family, or do you want to have a civilization that is based on the group and the collective and whatever serves their best interest? I think that's what we're seeing underlying this sort of the right is very upset about having debate now because they, they in, in the views of so many people, debate has gotten them nowhere. It's not helped beat the left, which I disagree, by the way. Walk away is actually evidence that it has helped beat the left. Yeah. Walk away is 100%. You've got hundreds of thousands of people, probably even more than that, who said, I have, through discussion and watching a podcast or reading an article from somebody, I realized that my former ways, being a leftist, were mistaken. Yeah. And I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to become whatever is opposite of this, maybe just politically homeless. That shout is people to, uh, in droves. Shout right? out to Brandon Strzok. He's a friend. Yeah, of Brandon Strzok, absolutely. He's done droves. a lot of work. And droves. That guy's yeah. been through hell. Takes too, arrows man. like oh, they, they have. Yeah. They've tried to destroy him on multiple occasions, right? Because yep. he's a threat. So, no, so 
that is why I think debate still works. Walk away is living evidence that debate still works, conversation still works. So I would just urge everybody who has right-leaning sensibilities not to abandon debate, not to abandon conversation. Yes. Obviously, some people cannot be reasoned with. I understand that. But there are going to be people in their proximity who can be reasoned with, or at least you can plant a seed in their mind that will grow in the future. That's my approach to it. That's why I emphasize philosophy and debate so much. I'm done with my rant. I totally agree with that, and this is why we do this. This is why we have these gatherings. We want to have these discussions. We want to hash these issues out. We don't expect to agree on everything, but the point is to try to understand where the other person is coming from, which is why I really respect you coming and trying to understand where Brett was coming from, despite how inflammatory his tweet because was. Because we can have a we respectful discussion where we disagree. Still be change. friends, not hate each right. other afterward. It's totally possible. Twitter definitely kind of reduces things down and it kind of, it does bring out the worst in people. I know I've posted dumb shit on Twitter, me... sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. Right. But uh, Russell, let's bring Russell in. I want to hear from him. Russell, yeah. welcome. Speaking of Canadians, or I mean conservatives. Yeah. Let's bring some Canadian. Russell's in. brand is the Canadian conservative. Maybe he can tell us. Russell's a brand. A little What's bit. What's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? Welcome, welcome. I'm just working on some work stuff, so I'm just on my phone tonight. That's all good. It's all good. That's fine. We you you want to jump stuff. in here? You want to tell us how long have you and your husband been married? Uh, I think like four or five years now. I can't remember. Oh, uh, the time just flies by. I'm not really good on dates and stuff. So I just remember that we went to Vegas and we thought it'd be a good idea to, uh, to uh, get married at the, uh, the famous chapel in Vegas. So uh, we got really, really intoxicated on Fremont and made a trip over there and they still had a spot for the night so uh uh we we uh booked elvis and elvis married us and our wedding song is viva las vegas and we celebrated that night by getting incredibly intoxicated and spending a lot of money at the casino and that so uh yeah but i mean civil union between uh the two of us and elvis and that in the eyes of vegas and and yeah and you know just at the end of the day, that's what worked best for us. And, you know, my uh, godparents are very devout Catholics, and they I'm pretty sure they were very grateful that we didn't try to force any church or anything like that to go against their beliefs to uh, to marry us and that sort of thing. So, and that, we have our civil union. It works for tax purposes and all that, and we make it work. So you got gay married in Las Vegas by Elvis, by and then Elvis. you went back home to Canada and got your civil union. So you guys are, you know, technically like married, but like, I don't know if in, in my mind, you know, like, I love you and I'm so happy that you have your husband, but you know, I don't think that's a marriage and I wouldn't think it's a marriage if, you know, it's two straight people did it either because it, in that point, it, it, it just, to me, it's just so, it's like a caricature, you know, I, this is another thing I was saying on, uh, on, on the thread was that, you know, gay marriage is sort of a caricature of marriage and that the, the ideal marriage is a procreative union between a man and a woman. Um, and when gays do it, we're sort of imitating that, right? We're sort of like, you know, copying the straights in a way. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's a caricature. It's an imitation. I, I do have a point on that though. Is, is that an, something that we should want to do though should we want to try to emulate what the straights are doing and is there benefit to that because i know that that's how matt feels about it and that was basically the point that mikey was also saying when he responded to your tweet as well that we should want to encourage that monogamy forming a family unit 
those sorts of things. And it's not a bad thing that we're trying to emulate how the straights do it. Granted, they don't all do it correctly either, right? We know there's a lot of divorce rates now, there's a lot of cheating and that sort of thing, but we should want to try to look up to the ideal and emulate that as gay couples. And I, I think that's possible, um, but what I'm seeing manifest in the field is not that. It's a lot of having your cake and eating it too. That's true. Um, it's a lot of open marriage, which I don't think is a marriage. Um, and if you're going to get married, in my opinion, you should be looking to start a family. And while gays can't make baby on their own, there are so many children out there that are in need of foster and adoptive parents. Um, and since they are already in a non-ideal situation, you know, as an orphan in the system, um, we should, you know, I, I think that's really to where something, even if it's not the, idea. that's yeah. where gay parents come in. And, and what really disturbs me are all these rich homosexuals that could provide a stable, healthy environment for, for kids that need it for orphans. Um, and they go out and they buy a baby, they get a surrogate, you know, they, they get a custom job, they pick, you know, the egg out from a book. And then they, you know, have the surrogate carry it. And then as soon as, you know, it's done, it's like, bye, mom. Like, she's not actually even genetically the mom. Um, and I just find that so bizarre. It's yeah. so unnatural to me. There are definitely a lot of ethical questions that are raised about Ooh. that. I know Starsign feels a certain way about this, but yeah. I want to move on. I want to make one more point too that you know we we do serve a role in the family unit as well as uncles and aunts and even if we can't have our own kids often we will have siblings not all of us who have kids it and, takes and, a village yes and we can be a sort of secondary parent to those children as well even if we never adopt or you know you don't go the surrogate route and all the ethical questions of that um Starsan, i know you have feelings about this yourself because you're infertile and we've discussed this before on the show and your feelings about surrogacy so go off queen because because <laughs> the thing is one i i have a counter argument to that brentley um it's not just picking a designer baby out of a book a lot of times um a lot of folks don't realize it goes into surrogacy and ivf so more often than not when you are triggering your uh fallopian tubes to pop out eggs you're popping out up to 30 at a time okay so you're taking those 30 eggs and then you are getting your husband's sperm or partner's sperm. And then they have to do the, a medical scrub on them. And then they have to go through testing and they have to see if there's any morphologies. Then they got to take the non-morphology sperm. They got to put them in with the clean and tested eggs. Then they see if they uh, become zygotes. Let's say you get 15 healthy zygotes. Okay. You have to then decide if you're going to kill those zygotes or are you going to freeze them? Or are you going to pump as many as you can, the legal limit is eight, into your uterus and hope for the best? Which is the idea that a lot of women have to face. So a lot of infertile women, when they go through IVF, are spending anywhere between sixteen dollars to $45,000 per round. Okay? And that's without the guarantee of getting a single zygote every round. And then you if it fails... Exactly. You that money back. You have to pay all. You don't get a single fucking dime back, which is why whenever I hear about the trans debate or the abortion debate, I tell them I don't give a fuck. Where are you worrying about what we have to spend? You're getting on the taxpayer's dime, your dick inverted, or getting your tits put on, but I have to pay pocket out if I want to be a parent. So fuck you. But anyways, I love I love 
when the Italian in you comes out, I'm just saying, I freaking love it. I'm from Jersey, and my Italian side just smiles and tries. What you get like that? When I get when I get real pissed, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, but the, the problem I have with it is when you adopt, because I'm going to get into it in a second about the surrogacy part of it. When you get a surrogate, number one, you take on all of their bills. This is not a slavery thing that a lot of folks say it is. Mm -hmm. This is a woman who nine out of 10 really enjoys being pregnant. There are surrogates I have met when I put out my surrogacy video uh, last year. Some women have had 20 surrogacies and they just genuinely enjoyed being pregnant and they enjoyed being able to be that healthy uterus for someone else. It wasn't detrimental to their body. They'd already had their children and they wanted to help grant it. That's first of all. Second of all, all care gets taken care of by the couple that is using you as a surrogate, okay? So let's start with that. When, going back to a saying earlier about IVF, let's say stars align, you decide to put eight zygotes into your uterus, four make it, so you have quadruplets, right? You don't want no more kids after that, you done. Factory shut down. <laughs> You still got, I can count, I swear, seven zygotes that are sitting there frozen. Now, the option you have is to donate those zygotes to adoption or to kill them. That's your option. So that goes into a lot of play there. So it's not abandoning a real life child. It is the choice of that child's going to die more often than not if you do not adopt that zygote. But the problem is what a lot of folks don't realize, just because you adopt it doesn't mean it's going to make it. You could go through the whole surrogacy just like you do with IVF and that zygote won't make it. So you could do the whole thing. Now, piggybacking on what you said earlier, Brentley, you have to realize something. Nine times out of 10, surrogacy is done with a family friend or someone that is in the family on the opposite side. So for instance, it could be a sister. So like, let's say uh, it, it was uh, uh, you two, right? So, so let's say it's Brentley and Dan. Let's say Brentley's sister wants to be the surrogate. Dan oh provides a sperm. It would technically- Imagine me and Caitlin having a baby. Yeah, that oh baby would God. be horrible. It would be so hot. It, but, <laughs> and, and, but that's the thing. You gotta realize nine to 10 is happening. The mother is in the child's life. They are still the mother. And the thing is, a lot of times when it comes to straight couples doing it, it's usually the mother's and, and the mother's and father's DNA. But sometimes the mother's or father's DNA is no good. So they have to go through someone else to find that. And these people donate it. So I do see it very differently. Now, I don't disagree that there are children that are out there. But as someone who desperately for years wanted to be a mother, there is a very desperate inclination to want your own blood. Because the thing is, for me, I'm the youngest. And I get always emotional when I talk about this. My father was the youngest of nine children. Six surviving, now five. If my brother and I have no children, that's it. There will be no more of my bloodline ever. So we'll go adopt and we'll still love them. But the unique widow's peak that I inherited from my grandfather, my hazel eyes from my dad, they'll no longer exist. They will die with me. 
And you have to realize something. That's important to people. Of course. And the other part yeah. of it is, I don't like the idea of treating adoptive children as plan B. So you can't have your own kids just go adopt. They're not sitting on a shelf waiting to be bought. Like, oh, pick me, pick me, I'm the newest model. Adopting a brand new baby is upwards of $60,000. So if it, no matter what, the only way to get it for free is if you adopt through the state, which opens a whole other can of worms, because guess what? Nine to the 10, that's a reunification state. You have to go through foster care first, which means you have to get certified through the state to be a foster parent. And then you have to go through the emotional turmoil of raising a child and then giving it back to the same parents that abused it. Mm, because yes. you still might not be allowed to adopt that child. It's such a, the laws on adoption and on foster care haven't changed since the eighties. There has not been new laws written in decades because nobody cares. We love to use them as pawns. We love to say, oh, well, we shouldn't procreate because there's more kids in the system. But what are we doing? Name one time any of you have seen a protest alongside the abortion protests about fixing adoption, about fixing fertility rights. Yeah. All we know is how to kill a kid, but no one cares about adopting them. No one cares about supporting them. And no one cares about people that want to make their own and can't. Damn, go off, girl. <laughs> Good point. Right. I have opinions about You're right. it. I want, right. <laughs> You're totally right. I wanted to comment really quick on that, that inclination of wanting your own progeny and how that is important to people. And I get that. And Star Sun and I, we've bonded over this before, you know, as a gay man and around when I hit 29, you know, I start seeing all my friends have kids and their heterosexual arrangements and all this stuff. Like you do feel that sort of emptiness, your biological clock kicks in, even as a man, men have that too, where we want to be fathers. And it's, there's a, a sort of sadness and emptiness to it when you kind of start to come to terms with the fact that you might not ever have your own progeny. So, you know, as, as an infertile woman, and then me as a gay man, we can kind of relate in that general feeling of what that's like. So I get why people want to have surrogacies, but I do also get Brent's point, and I know other friends who agree with that too, that like there are ethical questions raised about buying and selling human beings and and that, that whole thing. I still love you, Brent. Well, well, definitely not a black yeah. and white issue. Yeah, okay. and, and I want to kind of add on to that because I, I desire to have children one day. You know, I have nothing against kids who are in the foster care system or up for adoption. Many of them come from very rough backgrounds and God bless them, but many of them come from very rough backgrounds. Many of them are troubled, significantly troubled. And so you're not just adopting a kid. In many cases, especially if they're like above the age of five, six or 10, you're adopting a set of problems as well. Yeah. Yes. Which can and it's very harsh to say that, but yeah, I've true. seen I it my own story eyes. about it too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. So. You know, but on the lineage thing, you know, I, I discovered, I'll do a little personal thing. I discovered that actually my lineage goes back to South Dakota. There's a Native American tribe there I'm related to and Ireland. So on my mom's side, on my father's side, it's all African-American. We don't really know. But on my mom's side, it's South Dakota and Ireland. Uh, in fact, most people in my, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, they're all light skinned. I'm mm -hmm. only one to believe who's dark skinned because of my father, on my father's side. Yeah. So I just discovered, hey, I have Irish blood in me. That's a very cool thing. My lineage went came from somewhere many years ago from Ireland. I didn't know that. And if you adopt someone, they're not going to have the satisfaction of being have, have that same kind of discovery. 
that I had. I want my kid to have a be have a part of me and to be able to say, okay, here's where dad came from. Here's where grandfather came from. Here's where great grandfather came from. Here's where great great grandfather came from. Because that gives them, I think, a sense of, I don't know, a sense of uh, understanding where they come from. You know, and I, I'm not Irish at all culturally. I don't drink. I don't, I don't wear, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, sing those sea shanties or whatever. I'm being stereotypical, obviously, but still, I'm not Irish culturally. But it's cool to know, hey, Christian, the reason why you have a receding hairline and the reason why all your cousins have a receding hairline is because that's the Irish gene. Okay. Yeah. That's useful to know. And, and so, yeah. it, it's like someone said in the comments, Matt's reactions, Matt's been like the absolute most amazing animated person on this. And, <laughs> and but I, I'm going to tell two quick tales. Christian, you're 100% right, because I have a friend who was in the infertility support group that I'm in, and she was forced to adopt a boy that was very troubled. That boy is now in a mental health facility because he tried to kill her. Wow. And she wanted nothing more than to be a mother. And now she says she doesn't ever want it because of forced of adoption, because the state lied to her. She said, I already suffer from depression. I have these issues. I cannot take a child on who has violent intent. And, and they forced a child onto her who did. And as a result, um, yeah, they, she, they, it's a whole horrible thing. The state won't help her at all. And piggybacking off of the lineage thing, See, the thing is, everyone thinks, well, I must be heartless to adoptive people. My best friend that passed away, who also was gay and would have absolutely adored this entire debate and been a total troll about the whole thing, he was adopted. <laughs> and that affected him greatly. My father-in-law is adopted. My grandmother, my dad's mother, was adopted. I'm surrounded by people who are adopted, and I also know exactly what it did to them. It does fuck with your identity. Because my, my father-in-law is a wonderful man. Keep it broke his heart when he had to remember that he was adopted when he went to the doctors. He was talking about a, 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 a physical ailment. And he would say, well, on my mother's side. And then he had to stop himself and realize no matter what happened to the family, it didn't apply to him. Right. Nothing, none of it applied to him at all. And he actually went home and cried about it. And yep. I don't blame him because... That would break my heart. But Matt, you have been like, because I saw you actually started to tear up with me, which like, I I really appreciate that. I do. I want to know your opinion because you and Front Porch, you guys have been listening. And I, I really want to know what you guys think about all this. We, we got to get Kyler in there, too. He's been quiet for a while. That means the rest that. of us big mouth Italian yeah. bitches, they got to shut up. Big mouth. <laughs> No, no. I mean, you know, I, I, my, my commentary is is usually more so on on the on the gay stuff. Um, you know, the the I don't have a lot of personal experience with like adoption and everything. So I was I was I was enjoying I was enjoying all of uh, all of the opinions. But um, yeah, what I do know is that like, um, well, I won't say I know because I haven't like read any science about it. But I have heard I have heard things about like even when even when somebody is adopted uh, right out of the womb as a baby, um, it can still, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I've heard people say like that can still mess with the baby because the baby can still sense that its mother doesn't want it. Um, and there's no chance for it to like bond with them. Like when a baby's born, it, you know, traditionally it will be born and right away it'll be put on the mother's chest and it'll it maybe feed, uh, you know, breastfeed with the mother and have that skin to skin contact with them. An adopted baby right out of the womb is not, is not going to have any of that. Um, and so I've heard things. 
I've heard people talking about things, and again, I don't have any science, but I've heard people talk about things that like, that actually can like fuck with the baby from birth. That like, it's like ripped away from the mother that it just came out of, and it's just kind of like placed down into a situation where like, you know, it instinctively knows where I am is not with my mother. Um, that's another, that's another thing about, uh, you know, uh, gay parenting, as much as I hate to say it, you know, there's not going to be a breastfeeding situation unless there is a mother in the picture that's, you know, close, close by. And then there's, you know, there's a family situation like, like Sarsen was alluding to, um, before maybe there's a, maybe there's a situation where the mother's more involved, but typically, you know, there may not be a mother in the picture. That's something to consider. Um, and then what uh, what the various people were alluding to about want wanting your own uh, flesh and blood uh, as uh, for a child, I, I, I see that I relate to it. I, and I think that gay men who have this um, I, well, no, no, gay men more so who have this um, uh, desire to to have a biological child, it's 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 heartbreaking because it's like, but I don't desire to do the act that will result in that biological child yet i want to have one um with lesbians it's a little bit different because you can get a sperm donation and you're still like a mom when it comes out you know there's a there's a whole issue of maybe there's no father in the picture that's a separate issue but um but with gay men it's like i can't you know if i want to have a biological child i have to either adopt which may you know come with problems and it, you know I, I may not be able to give that child any uh, certain things that only a biological family could give that child or i'm going to go through surrogacy and then yes i may be the father by dna but then there's no mother in the picture it's just it's difficult and i i very much i very much desire to have a family and i i do still think despite all that we should encourage gay couples to have families um but it's it's a tough it's like what people were alluding to before it's like it's not the ideal that's there was a there was a, a jordan peterson and i think dave rubin had like a long conversation on daily wire and, and i think peterson had said something about you know what's the ideal it's a man and a woman in a marriage having a family no divorce of course that's the ideal it's not that's not you know and and people will freak out when you say that it's like that's not that's not a bad thing to say of course that's the ideal anything and, and you can have less than ideal straight couples single parents divorce whatever all of that is less than ideal um but but that is the ideal and so i think i think the the, the struggle with with gay couples um is that you you are there is just going to be a point past what you could be you could have money you could give your kid a anything they want you could be ter terrific parents and there's still something that it's like oh there's no mom oh there's this or or there is a mom but it's like this weird like two fathers and a mom or like you know the, the, there's something less than ideal and 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 it sucks I, I don't know what else to say it sucks yeah i think the point though about encouraging gaming to have families it is it is valid and and i think there's something to that and i think it relates to another issue and it's Kids mature people. Kids, kids, not always. I'm not mm. saying there aren't dead parents out there, but typically when a kid comes into someone's life, it forces them to get their shit together. Mm. It lights a fire under their ass and it forces them to grow up. And I think that's why we do see so many gay men, especially with Peter Pan syndrome. They just sex, party, drugs, 
And that lifestyle goes on into their 30s, into their 40s, into their 50s. They don't settle down. And part of that is they, they, don't, they don't have the family burden suddenly thrust upon them that's going to force them to have to change their ways and to think about how they're behaving and spending their time and their money, et cetera. Um, I, I think those two things are related. I don't think it's a coincidence that we see so much promiscuity amongst gay men and so much risky behavior and just a, a lack of maturing in certain ways. And kids do that. And again, I'm not saying there aren't deadbeat fathers. Aren't, I'm not saying there aren't terrible mothers and parents who don't rise to the occasion to be better people. But typically, a kid coming into the picture will encourage someone to do that, to become a better person, to become more responsible, all that stuff. And and back to the conversation about um, monogamy and and or versus open relationships. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really, really really um, self-centered and disrespectful if you have kids and you're doing the open relationship thing that yeah. is that is just, that is just vile like that is because that's going to fuck jail. up your child I don't care if you try to pretend like oh it's secret my kid doesn't know about it if you keep acting that way your kid's going to grow up and they yeah. are eventually going to be old enough where they realize that's what you're doing and so that and and don't tell me that's not going to mess up some teenager or or you know when when people are forming their, their sense of like how to be a couple and like how to be in a relationship in the future and they have this model of like oh yeah like i have parents but like also they go and they sleep with other people like that's not an example you should be setting so i don't think people should do open relationships period i think that's i think that's an inferior form of a relationship i think that that's i think that's cheating um um, but but if you have kids, I think that that's just like I think that's just reprehensible. If you if there's kids in the picture and <laughs> you're and you're it, stepping it, out, even if it's central. Christian, if I might, on, on the subject of culture and responsibility, kind of shaping and maturing you, I agree that historically, um, at least in America, uh, other countries, it's not so much you know you choosing it; it's you getting forced. Like in India, they arrange the marriages and stuff like that, and some parts of the country but in america no you're right it's the expectation you go to college then during the time in college you find a husband or a wife in fact i had i had female friends in college who told me christian if i don't get married by the time i'm 25 my parents will kill me i'm like what yeah but by the time i'm 25 if i don't find a man they will pick one for me so that's that that i've, I've faced that before too i've seen that so i think that's kind of crazy but that's actually quite common in some regions of the country it's very common um but I think this new generation of men that's being created by the red pill culture is not going to be the kind of fatherly men that you actually need to run healthy heterosexual relationships. Um, people like Andrew Tate and all those kind of folks who focus on domination, who focus on materialism as opposed to the substance of love, they're not creating healthy men either. So I think that we're seeing men, heterosexual men and gay men, but especially heterosexual men become shaped by the currents of our era, become shaped by the tender, become shaped by the transactional nature of sex, so much so that amongst Gen Z, just from my own personal experience, I hear more about body counts and you know who recorded what with who last night than I do about someone trying to find a wife. So I think that sad. that's going to be a problem that we have to face. Now, there are men with gay or bisexual inclinations, well, gay primarily, that do try to find wives and they try to fit the ideal in what happens. Well, they end up going being on the down low. They end up having a wife, but then in, at nighttime going ahead to go cheat with some young boy who's in college and then going back to the wife like everything's normal. 
in giving her HIV AIDS. It's one of the reasons why black women get a lot of HIV AIDS cases because their husbands and attempts to conform to the ideal um, are being on the down low, getting infected, and then going on and spreading it to their wives. I mean, so we have to understand that the ideal does not exist in the abstract. The ideal has a material basis to it. Uh, so we have to really ask ourselves, is it ideal for a man who has gay inclinations, who wants to act those inclinations out, to just go into a heterosexual marriage and marry into, no, it's not ideal at all, because that will cause a lot of problems. No. I'll tell you a story. I was in a gay bar once. I had, I know, I've been to a gay bar twice in my life, twice in my life. I don't intend to go back. They are horrible places. I was in a gay bar once, and this older man, I think he was 46, was trying to talk me up. And I was, I was weirded out by the entire experience. Um, but he was saying, well, you know, how you doing, bro? You want to go back to my hotel? Like, I'm, I'm like, sir, I don't, you, how old are you? He's like, I'm 46. I'm like, you can be my father, sir. What's going on? And he, I'm like, so are you, you married? He's like, oh yeah, I got a wife and I got four kids. I'm like, oh really? And he told me, I said, does your wife know? He said, I've been married for 20 years. I'm like, does your wife know that you're out here in gay clubs chasing out, chasing boys? And he said to me, I don't, I don't, I kid you not. She's, he said, she knows that at this point in our marriage, she knows what's going on, and I know what's going on. And when my youngest, who is 16, turns 18, we're going to have a family reunion, and I'm going to tell them exactly how I feel. That is what, that's a common story for a lot of oh gay people who want to fit the ideal. So that's I was. how that fucks somebody up. That ruins oh, all stability they ever thought they had. I agree. Of. I was disgusted. I was repulsed. I was angered. I wanted to cuss him out. I don't really cuss that much, but I wanted to cuss him out. And the fact that he even talked crap about his daughters to me. He said, yeah, my 15-year-old daughter, she's stupid. I'm like, what's wrong with you, sir? Are you are you okay? He's like, yeah, I can't stand it's that. Honorable. It's quite honorable. Four kids. And Married I promise you guys, years. getting cursed out by Christian, I watched him do it. My first, <laughs> my first, first ever image of christian was him decimating people and i was modding the chat and i was like damn this guy be angry well, i don't want to make him mad because well, he's he's vicious but he's intellectually vicious yeah i just didn't appreciate it very much then yeah. i have to realize how many gay men are not as open how many secretly gay men are not as open with their rendezvous how many of them actually don't say anything and just go ahead and do it anyway yeah. And that's actually normalized amongst gays in America. It's actually a, it's actually a almost like a championship, a conquest to sleep with a straight married man or a straight guy with a girlfriend. I mean, there are some serious problems that are going on in this community in scare quotes that we have to address if there's going to be any hope to have stability. I agree with you. I agree with you in some sense, Brentley. You said that that gays can't even go to a brunch. I don't agree with that, obviously, but no, I agree that, with a general point. That was a, a joke tweet that- Okay, well, that's true though, because a lot of a lot of gay men don't want to commit. Yeah. And wanting to sleep with a heterosexual guy who has a wife or a girlfriend is evidence of that. And that being popularized is also evidence of that. Now, let me be fair. Amongst some categories of women, that's also very popular. You know, I've had I've had female friends tell me they've slept with married men. Oh, I, I don't know his wife. I don't know her. You know, he's got all this money, treats me well. I don't know her. I'm not I'm not her friend. I had that plenty of times. That exists too. So I'm not just trying to be prejudicial here, but the gay population is much smaller than the straight population. And you will find adulterous behavior amongst gays uh, by proportion population more than you will amongst heterosexuals. I, I bet you. 
So, no, yeah, I think that there's something incredibly wrong. I went on a big rant there, but, yeah, the, fitting, fitting the ideal is not always good. Uh, any of our other games? No, Christian, I, I uh, say, but I wanted to see just really quick if Kyler wanted to weigh in because he hasn't spoken in a while. Is, or did you fall asleep, Kyler? Are you still with us? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm still – I'm actually pretty fascinated by all this awesome. talk. Uh, actually, coming from uh, a background where uh, – specifically around adoption where both my father and my grandfather are adoptees. They, they were adopted into the family. Um, and, uh, my, uh, family line, I have four siblings. None of us have kids. I, I intended to, I, in fact, I remember at the age of 10 specifically since I was raised LDS, I, made the declaration that by the time I'm 30, I'd have five children. I'm now 35 and I'm starting to suspect my husband might be infertile because <laughs> we have zero. Uh, but uh, Kyler, we got to have a conversation later. That, that was <laughs> funny as hell. It was good. <laughs> you know, it's uh, gay, gay adoption, not the ideal situation. I think we still do need to encourage it though because we do live in a non-ideal world uh we've gone through the adoption process twice um both times with women who were uh intending to abort their children um you know i know it would be ideal if the mom had their children raised it with her husband but I'd much rather have that baby not be murdered and live in our household. Uh, yeah, disappointing for us, but, you know, they ended up actually at the last minute both uh, keeping their children. They're alive and well. We actually get to keep tabs on the last one we were going to adopt. Aww. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've just been enjoying listening to everyone's perspective so far on this i i have to say that even though i i am uh gay i am not well versed in gay culture so i don't have uh experiences going to uh gay events gay bars anything like that so i i can't speak to a lot of what's being talked about now like with what christian's talking on about some of the dangerous kind of toxic traits that you yeah, you're missing. You're yeah. missing nothing. Avoid gay bars. Avoid gay events. Brett is smiling because Brett has the most experience. I've Brett has spent here. probably ten thousand hours in the gay yeah. scene. I have a little bit of experience. Did anyone else see that bus? Because it just ran right over Brentley. <laughs> <laughs> I think I see letters letters on him like G O O D Y E A. I just see Kyla, look at it this way. There are advantages to being mountain gay as apparently opposed to being New York gay. That, I, that's all I can figure out for you, man. There is. You are married and in a stable you know, situation, and I am the result of man-boying for most of my life. Man-boying. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm single. I'm financially insolvent thanks to you know, the, the thing that just happened. Are you saying you're a loser, Brent? I'm kind of a loser. <laughs> Um, I've got some really good traits, though. I'm incredibly loyal. I have a lot of good friends. 
um and we you know i will survive but this is the thing and you and you, and you get off the best incendiary tweets let's just I be do. honest I, have, I do have good tweets and wonderful conversation hang out with you fabulous people so I'm thankful. I, I have gratitude. You know, I've, I wouldn't say I've made mistakes, but I have sinned a lot. You know, I've missed the mark of ideal, but that has been a learning experience. And it's been a part of my, you know, my fucking, uh, my journey, um, you know, my, my <laughs> character, you know, like my, my, my avatar's quest through the world. Um, so, and, and it's interesting to see the differences in, uh, you know, how the young people are, you know, coming up. You know, we have Mr. Christian Watson, who is yes. quite Thank unique you. in terms of young people. You're very um, nice. <laughs> in my experience of young people. Um, you like Tyler as a unicorn. Oh. Well, yeah. I've, it's been nice, guys. I got to get going, though. I got That's the, the prior engagement, but I'll... Thanks Thank for, you having, for having me on. Absolutely, always, absolutely. Always a pleasure. We'll teach you guys. Try to make it as regular as possible. So I'll come back to talk to you more, right, sir. See you, yeah, star you, Bye. You're an intriguing soul. Oh, thank you. See you. Bye. Yeah, we are approaching the eleven o'clock hour. Yeah, we should probably wrap this up. Um, I don't know. What are we going to wrap this up with? So we something positive. We've we dished a lot of critique and criticism. Well, can I? Can I like like? try to bring it in for a landing with with like a side question because yeah, i'm really yeah. curious about this one it's not necessarily direct topic related but since we are about to approach the month of june um i do have a question okay, okay. <laughs> pride month okay i mean first of all it first of all um could someone please explain to me the origins of Pride Month, number one? And number two, why do we get the distinct impression that most gays and lesbians could, like, give a rat's ass about Pride Month? Or am I wrong? Brent, you want to give the history of that? Um, so briefly, uh, you know, there was a riot at the Stonewall, <clears throat> Stonewall Bar, which was a gay bar. Okay. They were having, Stonewall you know, Inn. they were having gay men gatherings and drag shows and things. And the police would harass them regularly, raid the club, <clears throat> drag everybody out, throw them into paddy wagons and charge them with sodomy laws and all this thing. And, you know, eventually all the, the faggots had enough. And they, they were like, no. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were tired of being abused by the state. And they got into that 1776 spirit and they said no. And they stood up together and they fought the cops. And you know what? It just so happened that there were more faggots in the bar than there were cops in the street. And so they weren't able to do their thing. And it started this whole conversation. It really changed um, the the moment. It was, a, it was a flashpoint. It was a black swan event that sort of, forced the culture to acknowledge the existence of homosexuals. Before that, homosexuals were like a rumor. They were like a specter, like a ghost. Like, careful, that gay man will get you off the street. And there were no out people, as far as no, like 90, 99% of the population knew. Like, people weren't out then. Um, it was all underground. And this forced, for the first time, the culture to acknowledge, oh, shit, those people exist, and they have rights, too. And fuck, like, we can't treat them like, you know, slaves. 
um, or, or, you know, people that we can just abuse because they happen to be gay. So they rioted. And then over the next year, there was a lot of political reforms in, in New York City. They got rid of some of the, the anti-sodomy laws. Um, they sort of decriminalized being gay. And uh, <clears throat> one of the guests we had on the show, Fred Sargent, he was there. Um, he went on to be a police officer. But uh, he, he was at the riot. Um, the riots went on for a couple of days. I think it was like five, six days, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and he helped form the first little crew that got together thereafter to push the uh, push the politics and also commemorate. So they 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 had the Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade, which was the first Pride, uh, which happened a year after the Stonewall riots. And it very quickly became corporate, you know, sort of taken over. Um, the, a lot of the activists complained. Um, this is all in the history. You can go look this up. Okay. Uh, and I think by like the early to mid like 80s, a lot of the original founders had sort of left and moved on. Uh, you know, Fred Sargent went to uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, the Northeast. He now lives in Burlington. Um, and he became a police officer. And he served as an example of gay men, you know, out in society, um, you know, performing a necessary and socially beneficial function. And so it was like, you know, thanks to pioneers like him, we have normalized homosexuality. Now, it's, it's probably gone a little bit too far. But that's like a brief history of pride. When it became a month is a more recent phenomenon. So it was usually the last uh, the last weekend in June in New York City. And um, I don't know when it became, it was in it was in the 21st century for sure. Okay. Uh, probably the last 10 years. Okay. Yeah, definitely the last 10 years. Uh, probably around the time of the Oberfeld decision, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm actually gonna correct you, Brendley, um, because uh, you were 100% wrong and Seb, showed the actual history it was a queer black trans woman Obviously, <laughs> also uh they were disabled and they were facing it off single-handedly single as all movements have been started by queer or trans black women funny story in wheelchairs don't forget the wheelchairs in wheelchairs i asked fred Sargent about marsha p johnson and fred told me that marsha wasn't there she showed up like i don't even know if she showed up she uh, she she was not involved in the way that they sort of highlight her. She also wasn't even trans. She never identified as transgender or transsexual. She was a drag queen. It was a gay man that artificed woman, and that was because he was a feminine black gay man. That's kind of how he survived because it was super unpopular. It still is largely in the black community to be gay, to be out, especially for the feminine black gay boys. Um, it's very, very hard for them in certain parts of, uh, you know, like the, especially the, the urban communities. So that was how they adapted and survived and, and joined the gay community. Um, there, there's, um, there's recordings of, uh, of Marsha P. Johnson saying, like, I wasn't there. Like, right. they say all this stuff about me. But, like, I was, she, like, she said something like, oh, I was uptown. And they were, like, calling me, like, oh, something's going on at the Stonewall. Like, they, like in her she words. came um, days later. I mean, the, the riots went on for days. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that first yeah. night she 
there. Fred Sargent was. He was there like the he was she, there. She definitely, didn't throw, she definitely didn't throw the first brick. That's what they like to say. They did not throw the first the brick. The problem out. is today, no social justice movement is ve is valid if it happened to be a cis male, a white male. If any, again, you know, and it's like the reason why I laughed, I love Seb's comments so much is because it's literally every single social justice movement now. It's the same exact story. Again, fat liberation. I keep going back because it's like literally the fat people piggybacked off the gays so hard. Like they, they even call sizes fat now. liberation. Right. Because you know what they say? They say fat liberation was started by queer black women, even though fat liberation was started by a chubby chaser who just wanted to be able to walk around with his fat ass girlfriend in public and not have her be ridiculed it was a dude who got his jollies off on jiggles and they are trying to sit there and be like no but it's it's black women and it's black culture and we need to respect it and i'm like have you met black people <laughs> like have you been in the hood once have you been in how many do you know because and except for new york and la most black people are not gay i i can tell you that without a doubt i do know some but it, it, it's it just it it boggles my mind because if you actually look at the history the only way to get through the conservatives is showing that people fight bloody tooth and nail and they work hard for what they want and they stand firm what's the biggest insult we call a lot of uh, uh leftists soy boys because not because they're feminine they're feminine because i know plenty of feminine men that can throw a right hook really good what the difference is is that these are men who just go well i'm, I'm really upset and I'm, I'm gonna tell you this way and you're a nazi okay and that's all they do but if you face oh, God. them, or if you ask to debate yeah. them, I'm not going to dignify that. I'm, I'm not going to give you a platform. Yep. I'm not going to give you a platform, even what though you have mean? Facebook followers. Can we break do. that down? Because I, th I don't think that, I think that's another leftist thought weapon. What, is it, how does, how, what does that mean? Oh, because obviously when it comes down to the end of the day, this is a beautiful protection. Leftists love it. This is the perfect shield. I'm fighting my battle. What have I told you boys now for years? They never got the Hogwarts letter. The owl got interrupted. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that letter so bad. And, and something ate the owl. And now, because they never got it, they've got to put five billion. Someone said it earlier. Of course, their entire medical and orientation history is in emojis in their name because they have no identity outside of all of these social justice things and it's wrong to be white and follow these so it only is valid if a black person started it but if you honestly really want to get through to conservatives show them the actual history of stonewall show them what actually happened show them how people fought tooth and nail i get why the first pride parades happened but i have i am now 36 in a month in, in june i am 36 years old from the moment I heard about pride parades, I remember being 15 years old, 15 years old and being like, why are they throwing dildos into a crowd? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, what part of this is, is prideful? I was like, and all my friends that were teenagers were going, I'm like, isn't that illegal? 
Like, I, it, doesn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And then I found videos of dudes literally pissing on each other and, and orgasming into crowds, pole dancing in front of children. And I was like, what exactly is the pride involved here? I'm, in my mind, so every time I've gone to like a woman's summit or a woman's event, look, it may be kind of pandering, but at least I'm seeing the lesbian make her pottery. I'm seeing the woman who who pushes her patchouli candles. It may be the same stuff over and over again at a craft sale, but at least I'm also seeing the woman who's a real estate mogul, the woman who started her own uh, uh, cutlery business. Why is it when pride parades happen, all I'm seeing is lubricant uh, tents and and different dildos and and different bondage gear. I didn't realize the ability to have sex alone was what was prideful. Because I promise you, I know plenty of straight people that wear just as much leather and enjoy having their nip knops hung from the ceiling. They can do it just fine. The, this has always been my criticism of these events as well, is that the focus is on sex. And, and I understand that. And I wish Basil was here because he would push back on all this and be like, well, having a sexual identity form in general was a mistake. And that's kind of his whole position on, on this. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole. We don't even have time to go down. But I do think his take on all of that is is interesting, and I think he makes valid points about about politicizing our sexuality, and that's why it revolves around that. But my criticism of the pride stuff is I do wish more of it celebrated cultural things, scientific achievements, artistic achievements, things that that people yeah. who are homosexual or bisexual or whatever did that had nothing to do with who they were having sex with. But they, they were types of people. They were writers. They were artists, and and maybe some of their art had to do with their sex life and things like that. But just brilliant achievements and culture and beauty and invention and those sorts of things. Like Pride, you you don't talk about people don't talk about Oscar Wilde and Pride. They don't talk about Walt Whitman. They don't talk about. You know, they don't talk about Alan Turing. They don't talk about any of these people who did things that were brilliant achievements in art and culture and stuff that had absolutely nothing to do with their sexuality, aside from it maybe playing a role in some of the themes that they covered in their art and that sort of thing. Well, let me tell you something that used to be in the New York City Pride Parades. It was, uh, and I say used to be for a reason, um, they used to have... Um, uh, gay members of the NYPD march in the in the Pride Parade to show that like there are gays and lesbians in right right that's what I mean I'm like okay so if you want to like if you want to go that route like a great group of people to march in the parade would be the gay cops to be like hey like gays and lesbians can be cops too like that's a positive message but no a couple years ago. Uh, woke decided that they hated cops mm -hmm. and so the organizers of the pride march uh, decided that the cops are not that police organizations are not allowed to march in the new york city pride parades at all no police groups are allowed to march in the thing because they're oppressive dictators and they're literally hitler talk, and about, talk about going backwards too you know brent brought up fred Sargent earlier 
and he became a policeman. And one of the reasons he became a cop was he wanted to reform the departments and policing in general from within because he saw how cops were treating people during Stonewall and during that time. So he figured, well, it would be good to have someone who's gay enter that, show them, hey, I'm just a person like any other person and I can serve alongside you and then change the general atmosphere or culture within the police force to not be so homophobic. And now we've literally gone backwards where it's like, oh, well, this guy who helped found the first Pride March and all that stuff and helped reform the police and make them not homophobic, well, now police are banned from Pride and they're not even allowed to march in it. It makes zero sense. And he was assaulted by crazy, you know, yeah. angry lesbians who uh, didn't like the fact that he was telling... They were probably not binaries, to be honest. Well, right? And I want you to imagine how amazing would it be if you went to a Pride parade and there was an entire, like, uh, courtyard area where it was just tents of people showing off their businesses. Or maybe, you know, you got gray ma gay marriage. What about a whole entire area where it's showing off businesses, bakeries, florists, who dedicate themselves to civil unions that are gay? What about positivity there? Because, again, you know, for the longest time, I wasn't for gay people adopting at all, and here's why. The only time they would tell me they were uh, uh, just like us is when I see them walking around in leather straps and tutus holding kids' hand, hit kids' hand. Why again? Dildos are being tossed into a, tr a crowd at them. I'm like, and you're thinking you're the same as the straight couples who okay. at least do that in their bedroom. And, and and it's like, I understand now is a lot different, but again, there's there's actual positivity and actual pride you could be showing pride and productive members of your community that make where you live safer happier more monetarily uh stable maybe show you uh adoption agencies that focus on gay couples surrogacies that focus on gay couples scholarships for gay people i never hear about any of this yeah. Honestly, honestly, Cassandra, I almost want the opposite now, and I've tweeted as much as this. Like, let's 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 get a fucking shame month up in this bitch. Let's have a whole month where we're just shaming motherfuckers. Shame, shame on that behavior. Shame, shame on you. Shame on shame. this shit. It's shame month. Let's celebrate shame month. I'm gonna even make a goddamn flag. For well, this shit. last year, if you guys remember, we went out during Pride with Billboard Chris and Mikey Harlow and Carrie Smith. Carrie Smith. And, and Matt. And Matt. And yeah, hello. Hello. Hi, <laughs> Matt. And we... about that name means a smart man. My husband's name is Matt. <sighs> God bless him. God bless him. And we had, you know, we went with Chris and he had gave out some of his famous little billboards that said things like puberty blockers, uh, kids can't consent to puberty blockers, and, um, you know, such things. And we had wonderful conversations with interesting people who did not agree with us. And it remained basically peaceful and respectful. There was one part, you know, towards the end where we got a little hate. But, like, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the game. So um, it was, it's, it's interesting to have we, – we kind of did our own little shame interpretation. So maybe we can, I don't know, make that – we'll make that a thing this year. We'll see what we can do for that. Now we've got, I got a bullhorn and, uh, you know, a camera. So. I mean, I'm a half joking when I say that, but I am half serious as well. Like, maybe we should have a fucking shame month. In the well, you know, like, shame guys, remember. And the whole thing with Pride, too, let me just say really quick, like, when I think of Pride or being proud of something, I think of being proud of something that I accomplished. 
my sexuality is a biological accident. It's the same thing with black pride or white pride or any of this shit or Irish pride. And I get it. You want to be proud of your culture and those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, these are fucking biological accidents where you were born was an accident with sexuality. You have an accident with skin color. You have an accident. Like, what did you do? What did you achieve? What did you create? What did you build? I think those are things that we should maybe perhaps focusing a little pride on, or maybe just not have fucking have pride in general. Let's just be humble. Let's have humble months. No, because actually you just hit the nail on the head. Think about it. A lot of people who are who don't actually adhere to a culture's traditions, they say like if, Italians, if you don't cook like an Italian, do any of the Italian traditions, even like know how to say fangu, can you really say you have Italian pride because you don't participate in the culture? So what did Christian say earlier? He found out he was Irish, but he doesn't have culturally any Irish that he can speak of. It's the exact same idea. I like, agree with the comment, it, by the way. Gratitude month, yep. Yeah. Right. I just, like, for me, I had a point earlier and I, and I lost it, but I just, for me, there has to come a point where we have to acknowledge that every time we sit there and go, give me more love, give me more acceptance, give me more this, you have to actually give a little back. You actually have to give something that's, that's deserving of it. And I, I don't... I don't see what the gay community has actually done. You can't sit there and say RuPaul's Drag Race or anything like that because that led to drag, drag story hour, so yay. Um, there's... I don't see anything where the community as a whole has given any reason to feel pride because like you said it's a biological thing it's just who i'm attracted to what does that have to do with pride well i guess the the, well, pride, then you get into the, the pride was supposed to come from the struggles that came with just being accepted more in society the from thing what is, I understand. The, the whole celebration was hijacked in the 80s by corporate organizational gays these are the same gays that run things like glad the mm -hmm. hrc these are the gays that are whispering in the ears of all the mega corporations these are the gays that are going to the dark underground parties that we know are happening probably with children's thanks to you know the friends of jeffrey epstein but you know this is where it's coming from this is a top-down like it's basically an evilification, if you will. Uh, you know, Lobachevsky called it, uh, what was the word? Ponderization. Ponderization. So it's it's making something, making something wholesome, uh, pathological or, or dark. And the reason it's happening is because we have a coiter of psychopathic billionaires that have been in these families pulling strings for a very, very long time. And they probably have help with aliens. So we can uh, ride it up there. And thank you all for coming. I really appreciate it. It was a thank great you. conversation. Um, we're going to try to keep doing this every yes, Wednesday. We night. will. We will. And, and maybe we'll do more. Who knows? And, you know, the, the more people get mad when we bring up a certain topic or present, you know, a contrary point of view like Brent did and they get their panties all up in a bunch, that makes us want to talk about it even more. So you're literally, you just to let you guys know, if you're watching this, if you want us to not talk about these things, the best thing you can do is not react that way, not react to it at all. But the more you push back, you're going to make us just want to do this. Also, and, kids, like, yeah. learn to talk to people respectfully yeah. on Twitter. Like, 
it's not that hard. I know all the children think they're so hip and cool with these little like zingy implications and, and insults, but really that's not how adults communicate because it's not healthy. Yeah. So grow the fuck up and learn to talk nice or you'll get the block yeah. or the mute. And, and if you're going to jest and do things in jest, that's fine too. We're not opposed to comedy and making fun of ourselves. And we do that shit all the time. Oh, I love jokes. You know? Yes, we love that. And actually, I would encourage more of it. Like, stop taking all this shit so seriously. If someone, like, says a point that you totally disagree with, I don't know, maybe do do a joke in response instead of getting so freaking heated over, over all of it. Laugh at yourself. Just laugh. But yeah, thanks everyone. I don't know if anyone has any final words that they want to add. Um, Kyler, Starsan, anyone? Matt, Brian, anything else you guys want to add? Some parting words? Well, I've I've really enjoyed this and I know I've been relatively quiet throughout the whole thing, but I want to first of all thank you fine proprietors of this uh, space of free speech positivity. Um, this has been an absolute blast. Um, you know, I'm one of these folks that, you know, I live my life, I go to work, I come home, I do stuff on the computer. And every time I have one of these conversations, it's very eye opening, very educational. And I love the fact that it's like, hey, not everybody's at each other's throat, we can actually have a conversation with each other and enjoy it. Um, so thank you, as always, I, I said it on Twitter the other day. Daniel Brantley, you guys need to keep this thing going. This is a great thing, and it's got a myriad of possibilities for what can be had as far as like conversations and exchange of ideas. And these things desperately need to happen right now. If we're going to bind the wounds and heal, we've got to be able to talk to each other. Yes. And um, summer project. No, no, for sure. We've been doing this two years, and we have no intention of stopping. And we're grateful as hell for all the various people who've come to talk to us. Some very well known, some not so well known. That doesn't matter to us. Are they interesting to us? Do they want to engage in dialogue? That's what we care about most. And so. a big thanks to all the chatters hanging out. We had like like almost twice as many people yeah. on Rumble yeah, than Rumble's we did good. on YouTube. YouTube is telling me we had like between like ten and fifteen, and then on Rumble we've had between like twenty five and thirty. So. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, Rumble is definitely helping us out. Yeah, no, we dig it. We're definitely not being as suppressed on there. And we like that more people are actually going on Rumble to watch this instead of on YouTube. And I think when, when we have the spicy conversations, we'll do them exclusively on Rumble. But this one I thought was, you know, enough. Like, we're not going to... No, we're not talking. We're not saying any of the forbidden things. Yeah, we didn't talk about like COVID or the election or any of that stuff. Okay, stop. <laughs> I actually, that was the point I want to say. Don't forget, guys. Uh, this is the one before that, 2024. I think it's going to be more heated this year purely because everyone's going to be looking for a reason. And I've, I've seen quite a few uh, uh, people saying they're going to be wearing a certain red hat and American flag capes, and they're going to go fully decked out. And I just... Oh, I just be funny. I'm looking forward to the videos. Let me tell you something. A election... Twitter is going to be insufferable. I almost yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Insufferable. <laughs> and, and, and if I may do one shameless plug, um, a good friend of everybody here, Mr. Mike Harlow, is coming on uh, my channel tomorrow night for a conversation. We call it Chatting on the Porch. It's on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter. You know, stop by as as the cheap advertisement said, 
watch what happens when a New York state of mind meets a Southern voice. So, you know, we're going to have fun tomorrow night at nine o'clock Eastern. So if anybody wants to stop by, please do so. Love to have y'all. Looking forward to that. Yep. We love Mike. He's a great guy. He's a friend and we're happy that uh, he's going to be talking to you. I'm sure it's going to be an awesome conversation. Anyone else? Star Sam, parting words, Kyler, Matt. Kyler, if you want to go first, because I talk a lot. And y'all bitches with channels to drop your links in the yeah, description yeah, so I don't have yourself. to do that. <laughs> no, this was, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, this is the funnest uh, seizing and coping I've uh, done in a while. So thank you. We appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you. I, and I followed you on Twitter earlier. I wasn't following you before. I didn't realize that. But no, we appreciate you coming in and giving your perspective and talking to us and having the big boy conversations because not everyone on Twitter is uh, capable of that, apparently. But, right. Yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks, guys. Like, yes, comment, thanks, share. you guys, for having us. I'm sorry. I was trying to copy my link like you told me. Yeah, no, put it in the chat. Yeah, we'll throw all that in there. I, and, I'll uh, put them in the description later. Remember, we're, we're grifters. We're bitter, attention-seeking, drug-addled whores. Please yeah. give us your money. <laughs> Take care, guys. Well, thank you, you drug-addled whores, for having me on. I greatly appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, I'm, I definitely see Matt's and Kyler's and, and, and uh, Brian. Yes. Because yeah. I keep calling front porch because that's the That's fine. You can call me Brian. Um, yes. I greatly appreciate meeting you all. And um, Oh, yeah. You, you should have Starson on your show. You guys would have a great conversation. She's Brian. funny. Definitely. I'll definitely enjoy a conversation considering I'm in the South now. So also, I know a little bit about it. Hey, Starson, hang around a after we officially sign off because there's, sure. there's an Italian question I want to ask you. Uh -oh. I've been dying to get somebody to answer um, for me. Uh -oh. A really quick <laughs> shout out to Christian Watson. Thank him again for joining yeah. us and to Russell of the Canadian Conservative And big thanks to our super chatter, Mr. Pirate Tomsky and Mr. Nick, Rick, uh, Nick Rigdon yes. also sent me, sent, us money. sent me donations. So we thank you. That. Thank you for the, the great we appreciate the grift. Um, everybody stay safe, stay sane. We love you. Bye-bye.